What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bomb City Locker Room Talk Podcast, Episode 70. As always, I'm James. I'm not Jared. And I'm Adrian, and this is my second podcast of the evening. Wow. Oh, you were on one earlier? Yeah, I'm famous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about it. What, whose podcast was it? Um, it was your girl's. Uh, oh, Stella's. She's got a podcast. podcast. Oh, shit. What was it called? Fuck yeah. The <laughs> Chit Chat Corner Podcast. Chit- it's corner. called Onya oh, yeah, Fuck Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, the Chit Chat Corner, right? Yeah. Chit Chat. She's been corner. wanting to do a podcast for a while. Adrian jumped on tonight. It was different. Well. It was different because, you know, I'm used to talking to you guys and we're talking about like masculine shit. And uh, then we started, I started talking about girly shit yeah. with the other girls. You got to change gears for a minute. Yeah. What's What's cool about it is my wife is on there, Brianna, and uh, I'm excited to listen to it because it's the first time I'll have ever heard her speak and I'll actually listen. <laughs> wow. When she speaks. She's going to yeah. love what you just said. Yeah, probably. I'm sorry. Uh, you'll take heat for it later. Who cares? Yeah, we're trying to. Have it's another, Christmas. We're trying to have another kid right now, and I'm just not trying to think about that. Oh man, are you ready? No, no, she is. She's 100 percent like all in. I, I don't mind the practice if you get catch my drift. <laughs> I don't mind practicing to have a kid. I catch it. I catch it. I don't want to have another child. I do want to have another child. I just don't want to have another child. <laughs> You're just trying. There's to... there's levels to that, and yeah. you get what I mean by that. Like, oh yeah. Just, it's hard to mentally prepare yourself for the the venture that you're going to go down, but because hey, you know how expensive the motherfuckers are, man. Yeah, it's, it's, that, that's the thing. Like they're the little, mo- they're little broke best friends and shit. You yeah, know? they're just they're the best version of humans. Period. They just they mooch off you for years and years, and so I sit here and I think about like maybe they bring strangers when to I your don't, house. I don't think about it. <laughs> If I don't think about it, it's not going to happen. It's not going to be real. But every passing day, it's like the more she talks, she like she's taking all these ovulation tests and pregnant. Like I looked in my bathroom the other day, and it was just like a sea of like ovulation tests and pregnancy tests, which they look exactly <laughs> the same. Really? Yeah, it's just the same. I've never thing. seen an ovulation tests. Yeah, I guess I guess it's the same concept, and it tells if you're ovulating or not. Like hmm. it, this is the t- this is your peak time to have this. Is it like a stick you got to pee on? I don't know. Hmm. I didn't go that far down that rabbit hole, but I, I mean, think. I mean, I don't know what else will you do with it, right? Yeah, I don't. There's an ovulation. You just stick it up your butthole and see if you're pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> There's an ovulation test. This is yeah. new. To, I'm a female, and this is new to me because yeah. um, I figured my ovulation test was if I start bleeding uh, <laughs> for four days a month, that's my ovulation test. But hey, like my know. daddy said, don't trust someone that bleeds for five days and doesn't <laughs> die. <laughs> Daddy's words never rang truer. That's for sure. Oh, uh, how have y'all been? <laughs> <laughs> been good, you know. We've got Christmas Eve tomorrow. Yes, it is December twenty third. Yeah, today. I can't believe it's it. It's almost man. the end of the year, man. It's this, fucked up. This fucking year went flew by. It did. Fuck. I feel like it flew by faster than the COVID year for sure. Yeah, I. Yeah, I, I would agree with you on that. It is super weird to think like when you were you were growing up and you you were like, man. There's not enough hours in the day. Like it just, or, or, or there's too many hours in the day. Like time just, just doesn't go at all. And it's like every passing year is quicker than the last. I think the older you get, the faster the years fly by. What's up with that? Why do you think that is? You know what it is, right? More responsibility? Less that you. Jesus is coming. <laughs> hey. 
<laughs> That's what somebody told me one time. I was working. I've heard that every year I was of my work, life. I, yeah, I was working at the old Surprise! I was working at the old Anderson Warehouse. Oh, I don't, yeah, know, yeah, I don't yeah. know if it still exists or not, but this what was, was that? back. Is that where uh, the old Hastings Warehouse used to be? No, it's over off of 34th and uh, next to the Yano Cemetery. Oh, okay. Right, right next the to side. the bridge. Yeah. Okay. Yano? Yano. 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 I'd always just thought the two second. L's, I thought the two, second was silent. Two L's is ya. Yano. Yeah. Yeah. Yano. So anyway. So I'm working at that warehouse, right? And, and this was a long time. This was probably back in like oh eight, oh nine ish. And just randomly I'm talking to my coworker and I'm like, Man, this year went by really fast and he goes, You know what that means, right? And I'm like, What does it mean? And he's like, That means that Jesus is coming. And I'm like, What the fuck? Ba- what he based that on? I have no idea. <laughs> what but, factual proof do you have, sir? And just just based on speculation, right? You know, at the time I was in my early twenties and I was just like Okay. Shit, maybe that motherfucker that. is coming. <laughs> <laughs> I respect is that. It, is it Jesus, this is Jesus. It's the second coming of Jesus Christ, and he's going to come for all of his people. And that's why time is going by so fast. Hmm. So I've been hearing that since at least. I just think we as people value time the older you get. Like, like we value yeah, it the older we the get. The older you get. But as a human race, we just don't, we don't value it as I much think, as we should. I think what it is is as adults. We go through the same routine every single day, especially when you're working. Mm-hmm. And when you go through that same routine every single day, that's what in our mind makes time, time and the days by. go by fast. Because we're going shit. through the same shit. It's the same shit. Different same motions. Day. Right. Yeah. And it's. And I think that's what it is. Because nothing new happens. Exactly. When you're a kid. It's like, oh, man, I played with Tommy. And then the next day, oh, Tommy moved to Denver. Or like, oh, okay, I'm going to go play at this arcade. Well, that arcade got shut down, and I don't have this to do. I don't have school. And then you have summer break, and then you have Christmas break. Mm -hmm. But when you're an adult and you're working, that's that's your your routine. I kind of get that. I I, I think you're onto something there with that. can be very repetitive. Very. Yeah. Over and over again. I mean... Especially as, as like, I got older, that's that's how I like. Everything. I could I could see it with your job, James. I definitely see it with your job. Well, Joseph, you probably run your two days probably are not the same for you. They are though. They are. Like are I they? hear that. I hear that all the time. It's like people are like, "Man, you you do that job because it's it's nothing. It's it's different every day." And to an extent, yes, it is. Like running nine one one calls is different. Not any one nine one call. You hear that when you're in school. Like no nine one one call is the same. Whether it's a chest pain, each each patient could be different, right? Yeah. But it, it it's the same shit. But the procedures every day. are the shit. I'm the there. Same, right? I'm there from five thirty a.m. to five thirty p.m. And I I. I'm, I, it's it's a job to me. Like a, mm. your job is a job to you. Your job is a job to you. Your my job is a job to me. I'm there till I'm not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I I'm there, and then after two o'clock in the afternoon, I'm counting down those minutes to go home. And it's it doesn't matter what I see or do. It's the same. I know that my clocking in is going to be the same. My clocking out is the same. It's yeah. it's the same shit. Yeah. yeah there's nothing different. 
A job is a job. And that's, that's, I wish somebody would have came up to me in high school and said something about along the lines of like, like trying to, trying to tell me what I would do, not saying like to change my career path, but to be like, man, like it doesn't matter what fucking degree you have. It doesn't matter what certification is next to your name. It doesn't matter how many hours of college you put in opposed to your best friend who did different hours of college. It's all the same shit. You're going into a job, you're clocking in, you're going home. Unless you're one of the select few that runs their own business or is is famous doing YouTube or some shit. Like <laughs> everybody that has to clock in every day. It's the same it's the same shit. Yeah. It's and it sucks because we're, we're stuck in the same location, the same city, the same area. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you were if you had a career where you traveled a lot. I feel like you would appreciate more and, and time wouldn't fly by as fast. But like when you're in, in the mode of just repetitive everyday daily routines, procedures, it just, man, it flies by. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, and it, and it's like you, you get in the monotony of a routine and that, I think that's why that I think like not trying to get too deep, but it's like the meaning of life, right? Like you have these kids and in like, I, our, we always talk about like our story, right? Like our story is not over, but we are, we're, we're, we're Toby Maguire Spider-Man while everybody else is watching Tom Holland now. You know what I mean? Like, like we, we're still making a story, but it's, it's not as good as the next one. Like your past, like it's time for your kids to like start creating their own legacy. And, and, and like you're, you are for all intents and purposes, you're going to be who you are right now from this day forward until you retire and then die. That's it. Like, so like you're, yeah. Are you going to go on trips and things like that and have like funny stories to tell everyone there? Yes, you will do those things. But for the most part, James, your book is planned out, right? Same as mine. Like I, I have a family. I I have, I know what tomorrow is going to bring. I have a career. We all have like jobs that we're we're into. Like this is our career path that we've chosen. The next day is not going to be much different than the last. Right. And, and Adrian's probably right. That's probably why it goes faster. The responsibilities yeah. promote sustainability, and we're in that mode of, of our lives where we just have to sustain, take care of our responsibilities, take care of business, and, and move on. But moving on stays the same. It looks the same because mm-hmm. we are where we are. We have careers. We have. All those responsibilities, kids, mortgage, rent, whatever it may be. So we've got to sustain and churn out that those average everyday procedures and routines. It is what it is. We're just fucking adults now. To be fair, yeah. <laughs> to yeah. be fair, there there truly is no rule or law that says we have to keep doing that. Like all for all intents and purposes, I could I could cash it all in and leave my family and <laughs> just be an alcoholic that travels. Well, like I could totally do that. Be That'd like be a Kane huge and, piece of shit. You'd be like Kane in Kung Fu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's always good to just walk the earth. Even like in your career, like try to try to go up the ladder, take on new responsibilities, new positions to challenge yourself and mix things up. Like the podcast, I I had a vision of doing that, made it happen, and I like the differentiation that it brings into my life because I get to see you guys, I get to talk, we get to do something different that we've never done before. Yeah. And I think even those little small things that that kind of spices shit up. 
Yeah, we use this pretty much as a social club. Like it's our excuse to get to hang out and see see each other and see what everybody's been up to. But at the same time, we we get to deliver like we get to have interesting conversations and. Uh, people may or may not want to listen to that, and, and so it's 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 it is a cool change of pace. I think everybody needs something like this in their life. Not like saying you have to have like a creative endeavor, but you it, it is good to have something that will change the monotony yeah. of life. I'll say it's not therapeutic, but it is a release mm-hmm. of some kind. You know, you get to you get it get to get it out of your system. You get to say what you want to say, go dive into things that you're interested in. That's why I love it. You know, we, we do we do this podcast. Some people play golf. Some people, you know, do black tar heroin. It just kind of depends people on <laughs> to the sit around person. And smoke cigars. They go to the cigar shop. They get around with their buddies, and they sit in the garage. And this is our little thing. Yeah, this is it. This is it. it. And we, we just happen to bring you on this journey, and we appreciate it. James pulled some numbers recently. Yeah. And uh, for the last year, this podcast is actually – it's reaching people and people are listening. So we, we appreciate that. Uh, I know there's times where I, I'll sit there and be like the next day, the day after I'm like, man, I can't believe we talked about some of the stuff we talked personally, <laughs> personally, because I, I'm an right. embarrassment of my own life, but, uh, you know, we, we appreciate it and hopefully we do, we do reach you in certain topics. And, uh, I think there's some exciting things coming for bomb city locker room talk going forward with, with now, uh, Estella having her own podcast, like we're we're bringing something to the table that you know if if you got the ladies in your life and they 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 want to have something they can listen to, I think that has potential there. And um, I've talked to James too about doing creative outlets where there's there's a there's an idea I have of doing under the Bomb City umbrella of doing like one on one interviews with just like interesting people. Mm-hmm. Like there there there's things in the rabbit hole that. Uh, this podcast will continue to grow and be better. I know James wants to go back to doing more sports oriented stuff. And, uh, I, I, instead of the variety content that we do weekly, I think that'd be a good idea too. So I think, uh, I think, uh, 2022 is going to have a lot, a lot of good things for this podcast. And if you listen, we appreciate you tell your friends, uh, you know, I, I, the way I describe us the best, you know, (laughs) When we started this, we were trying to be like, why should somebody listen to us over their podcast that they consume uh, weekly instead of that? And and we don't want to be something that you listen to instead of. We want you. We want to be something you listen to and supplement of, like while you're preparing dinner, taking a shower, taking a shit. I don't care. <laughs> like driving to work, just something to get you through your daily facade. And and my 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 goal always when we started this podcast was that. I left it knowing I made at least one person laugh. That's that's all that mattered to me. Right. We're all about entertaining. And, you know, I, I originally wanted to do just sports, but I love the variety content because it, it provides people with different things to be interested in. And that's what podcasts should be. It should be a combination of different things that people can relate to. So, I mean, we've dabbled in the interviews. I've gotten some good sports interviews, but I want us to branch out and, you know, pull people in that normally – we wouldn't think of or outlets that that other people can relate to that that they can really find interest in because we've talked about politics and things like that bringing politicians on we've brought in in uh, scott's dad who's a retired police officer that was a great interview and the rocket brews guys yeah. they want to come on again i've talked to them so hopefully during the christmas break we can get them around and behind the mic just local business owners things like that and i've like i said i've talked to james about doing this i think it'd be good to do under our brand 
Um, I've always had this fascination. Like, I, if you listen to this podcast, you know one thing is for certain. I'm probably going to talk a lot, and I'm sorry about that. But one thing I've always liked the idea of doing is interviewing people and letting them have the microphone and just right. doing a one-on-one with certain questions to make it not feel like an interview, but just a conversation. And like I, I was, I pitched it to James one night. I was like, "Hey, man! Like I know some really cool people that have worked in the first responder business for many years. I know doctors. I, I like even like getting like like, and I'm not even joking about this. Like a homeless guy that I know that we run on all the time who would probably have some." really interesting shit to mm-hmm. say and like just hearing people's stories right i think i, I think that, something yeah. like that and so we we have ideas coming for the future but we appreciate you going uh hanging out with us and listening to the main uh it, it may not be a trio maybe four like when we were always rotating people in and out but uh this this will always be our main podcast and and we we appreciate your time uh, i think more sports stuff with james is in the future so I, I think we got a we got we got a good look at outlook on 2022. So after seeing the numbers that James shared, it really kind of like put things in perspective. Man, people are listening to this, so we we have an obligation to make it. We need to make it a little bit better and a little bit more professional. So thank you. Stick around and uh, don't be offended. Don't be offended. And if you're offended, fuck you. Hey guys, it's almost <laughs> Christmas. It is, man. It's Christmas Eve. How how many of you guys like? when you were growing up treated Christmas Eve as more of Christmas than Christmas day. Cause that's how I grew up. Like I, we did most of our shit on Christmas Eve, you know, open the presents from Santa the next day, but most of the festivities and all that stuff happened on Christmas Eve. Yeah. I, I remember growing up and like, um, you know, my grandfather was a preacher. And so like after Christmas Eve service, we'd come home and I would, we would open gifts from each, like I would do my stocking and a few gifts from the family, but Santa's gifts were always Christmas morning. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, like, yeah, it, I don't know. Like I've always viewed Christmas Eve and Christmas day as kind of the same thing. And so now with Brianna, like we're trying to create a tradition for Ellie and Peyton and, and all these things. And like, uh, I'm, I'm like, okay, so when are we doing the stocking? And it's like, no, Santa leaves the stocking. I was like, no, my mom did the stocking. And so we had like this kind of like, yeah. well, we did it this way, you did it that Negotiations. way. Negotiations. So, so it, yeah, I mean, I always, I always kind of like Christmas Eve and Christmas Day are the same thing to me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's all one holiday to me. Right. What about you, Adrian? Well, I grew up in my Mexican side of the family. So, of course, we did everything on Christmas Eve. <laughs> <laughs> but um uh nowadays though we're we've been doing things um on the evening of actual Christmas day because uh, we've been doing this whole white elephant uh tradition for the last several years now and we've been pretty much doing it on 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 the evening of Christmas day and and so usually w- what happens is we get together on Christmas day and then on Christmas Eve, that's the time for like people to get together with like their in-laws and stuff like that. So, um, so it kind of just varies. I mean, sometimes it all kind of depends on when Christmas actually falls. Right. You know, right. You know, this year obviously is it's landing on a Saturday, so it's it's a good time for all of us to get together. It's and perfect. It's super yeah. convenient. Yeah. yeah. Friday night, Friday during the day, hang out with family. Yeah. Saturday. I mean it. it it falls well this year. I mean, yeah, most other, of the years, world will be off Christmas right. day. Yeah. It's like perfect this year. Yeah, for sure. And the same thing with like New Year's, like New Year's Eve is on a Friday, New Year's Day is on Saturday. 
So it's a good year. Yeah, for sure. But what the fuck? Seventy-four degrees on Christmas. God, Day. dude, it's terrible. I'm I'm hating it. I don't know about y'all, but I I want to have. 20, 30 degree weather. Yeah, it doesn't have to snow, snow, but like at least chance yeah, of precipitation. Chance, chance of snow. Did y'all know we haven't had precipitation in Emerald since like the 1st of September? Yeah, it's crazy. And last it year we had snow in October. Me. Remember that? Yeah. And ice and this everything. This year's been crazy as far as like the climate and the temperature and stuff like that goes. Um, or was that October I mean, when that ice was? Last year in October. But yeah, this yeah, year yeah. we didn't. I don't even no, think we've had September, ice at all. I think. I think I had yeah, a frost was, in October, like in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. And how was it, it? Melted real quick. Yeah, we haven't had no ice, no snow, it's so no nothing. Dry. It's I think crazy. the last time it snowed on Christmas was 2011. Ten years no, ago. No, 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 no. There was like, we got, we, we had a white Christmas like 2015 or 2016. One of the two. Did we? Yeah. Um, it was, it was, uh, it, it dust, it was, it dusted, but it was technically, yeah, it was a white Christmas. And that was like 2015 or 2016. Well, hopefully we have a terrible winter. I really don't give a shit. Like, what do let you it mean? snow. Let it snow. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Get cold. Yeah. I, I hate know, the man. snow. I hate the snow. I don't care anymore. I just don't like working in it. But like at the same time, I'm with you, James. I just don't. My thing. It's 74 in, on Christmas. My, I'm worried that we're not gonna get shit. You know what it's gonna be tomorrow? 81 degrees. I'm going golfing. That's I'm down to go. Golfing. This is breaking a record. I mean, the last time it was 80 degrees on, on Christmas Eve was 1954, I believe. Cold, you, you but global warming's not not real, guys. You want to hit the the par three with me? I'm Come down, on, Joseph. Yeah, let's do it. I'm down. What do you do? What What about after you, one o'clock? I can. Let's do it. Yeah. Ooh, wait. Tomorrow's Christmas Eve. I am so after. Yeah, at probably about one one thirty. Let's do it. Just hit me I up. Can. Let me know. I can. I got to get Christmas presents wrapped tomorrow, so that has to come first. We can get that done. I'm down. I have I have Christmas at my grandmother's and my mother's tomorrow um, at 10, 30, 11 o'clock. We'll be done about 1 to 2. Ellie will go down for a nap, and then I'm done. I'm good after that. But Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, uh, it's weird. And, and, and I, you know... Jared's not here, so we won't make things like super hyper political or anything. But my thing, it's super <laughs> weird that it that like I don't know how can you not believe in global warming? And like I saw a video today of like 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 icebergs falling off into the Antarctic and stuff like that. Like it is warming. It is warming. I I don't think I don't. I, I to mean, me, it just seems like obvious. Like it's the, fucking the ocean and Christmas Eve yeah, levels sure. will f- eventually rise and. We'll begin to notice more and more as we get older. Hopefully, not in our lifetime. We won't have to deal with, you know, con- day after tomorrow major shit. Consequences, yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Christ. Do you think COVID has anything to do with it, or no. is it actually just global warming? I think it's just like it's just. Uh, so they they say the reason why it's it's warm this year is because of that system that happens. It, it never goes away. It travels the lower hemisphere, but like the El Nino storm system is very active in Australia right now. And what that does, it causes what then like an upper level low that pushes that's why we're seeing like the tornadoes like crazy. Oh man, tornadoes in December. In what the, mi- the fuck? In the yeah, in Kentucky, yeah. Or the Kentucky Mideast. was really bad. Terrible, man. The Mideast gets the tornadoes and and we're getting we're getting the warm arid weather. And like, you know, down south like, you know, like uh Houston and uh Corpus Christi 
they're getting tropical type spring weather and we're getting because of our i think it has something to do with our elevation that upper level low makes it so warm here but because of the time of year it's making things super dry and so I guess just another reason to say, like, fuck Australia, man. Like, Dude. that just seems like a miserable place to live. <laughs> it would have been so cool to be a meteorologist. What Why? do you think? Like, be a meteorologist? Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know. I've always been interested in weather and how I like. I always wanted to do storm chasing. Yeah, that's part of it, and that would be so much Like, fun. I, I wouldn't mind, like, working with a meteorologist. I wouldn't want to be a meteorologist. Everybody hates you. You're always a liar. <laughs> You're always a liar. You're yeah. basically a politician of weather. Fuck the weatherman. He lied. <laughs> I don't know. I think it would be a pretty chill job. It would be it would be fun, unpredictable, especially if you're a meteorologist here. Like, you wouldn't. Isn't that crazy? Like it, especially here, like right? Like you don't even have to be good at your job. Like it doesn't even fucking matter because it, it's eighty in Christmas. Like I don't know. Fucking just go stand outside at seven a.m. That's what you should wear that day. <laughs> like it's hard to predict. I mean, like right now at night it's twenty thirty degrees. During the day we're in the seventies, mid seventies. High sixties, you know, fucking weird. At work because of the uh, because of the pandemic and stuff, we have a lot of paramedics from all over the country that are here helping out, and uh, that you know they're they're kind of like, what is this weather? And I've I've had to explain to them, you know, like for the majority of the time, our our winters are like Green Bay and our summers are like Arizona. <laughs> like they have yeah, the dry heat in the in the summer. And most of the time, our summers last into fall, and sometimes, like this case, this year, it lasts into winter, mm-hmm. which is fucking bizarre. But anyways, let's move on from all the weather talk. Let's talk about Christmas toys. What's a Christmas toy you always wanted but never got growing up? Mm. That's a tough one, right? No, not really. I always wanted. A, <laughs> I always wanted. Adrian's a, like, no, nah, I never got shit. <laughs> I always wanted a Nintendo sixty four. Never got it. Mm. My parents were broke. Uh, my brother got one, but I never got one. Yeah, so. I mean, I can relate to that. Mine, is. mine was a Game Boy Color. Never got a Game Boy Color. Always wanted one. I think I thought it was so cool to have a video game, you yeah. know, console in your hand. You could. It's portable. You can take it. On trips, you could take it wherever you were at. I never and got enjoy a Game it. Boy either. I never got one. I remember wanting a PlayStation, and my mom was like, "Well, you have Sega. We're not getting you that." Like I always had everything a little bit late, until after the PS2. Like when I was about old enough to start buying things myself. Like I got a, an NES when the Super Nintendo came out, mm-hmm. and I got a Sega Genesis when the PS1 came out. And I got a PS2, like at launch, a few months after launch. But like, I never had a PS1. I always I still, wanted a PS1. I still hate the fucking PS2. You know why? Because it killed my Dreamcast. <laughs> what? What is that? When do? that when that launched, it destroyed the Dreamcast. Oh, they stopped making. They games. went bankrupt. They stopped yeah. producing. They discontinued all the games, the the systems. And when the Dreamcast dropped, it was like the biggest shit like, in 1998. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was huge. But it the was Dreamcast, and it, it had the best graphics out of any the, console yeah, that ever Dreamcast, came out. The Dreamcast was definitely ahead of its time. It was super ahead of its time. Like, it, 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 it came out at a time and did things that a lot of consoles. I, I, feel, for that. I, I feel for that console because it came out like, a, like in between, like, 
when Sony and Nintendo were really going at it. They had the 64 mm-hmm. and the PlayStation going at it. And then this thing comes out. It was Sega's last drop and to then, try to make a splash. And then all and then all of a sudden you have this PS2 come out. And then Nintendo announces the GameCube. And then two years into the PS2, all of a sudden this new player enters the arena. And I'll kind of like be like, I don't think it was Sony's fault. Microsoft killed that shit. Because they ended up buying Sega. And the Xbox comes out, and that that was it, man. And like Sega then it became then it, just software, and then it was those three. It was like Microsoft and Nintendo and Sony going at it, and yeah, like I if you never got to play, and that's like the I think they did like a thing on IGN once, like the most underplayed console was the the uh, Sega Saturn or the the, uh, the Dreamcast. The Dreamcast. Did you yeah. have a Sega Saturn? No, I only had the uh, the only consoles I've ever owned were uh, like actual consoles were NES. Uh, Sega, Genesis, uh, PlayStation Two, and then remember they made the PS One in between the, like the PlayStation, like the little PS One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the PlayStation dropped in what ninety five. Yeah, in ninety five. PS Two was two thousand, mm-hmm. and uh, Xbox was two thousand two, and I never had an Xbox, and then I had PS Two, and then PS Three, and then I I had a three sixty. And then, like, yeah, 360 was my it first It seemed Microsoft. like Sega could never get their shit together. They, because they would always come out with those attachments that you'd have to put on, you know, the, the system. And it wasn't a complete package. Like, yeah. It, it, it was a ripoff in a way. They just, I don't think they had the money. And what's crazy is, like, Sega Saturn, I remember, like, the first game the Sega Saturn, like, showed was Independence Day for the Sega Saturn. It was the first disc, like trying to compete in the, with Sony. They were always like, yeah, it's like you said, like Nintendo and Sony were doing their thing and S- Sega was like, hey, we could do this. The Sega Saturn or the Sega Dreamcast was an awesome console. It was, man. I played my Dreamcast all the way through high school. Like I remember playing NFL 2K and and creating teams, creating players. And I always thought as a kid, like, dude, these graphics are so much better than N64, PlayStation. Like, th- but that was this the system thing. is the shit. That was the thing. It, the thing that sucks about the Dreamcast is it came out, it, it, was, it was a little bit more powerful than the PlayStation and the 64, but it wasn't as powerful as the PlayStation 2 and the Xbox, and it came out a year before the PlayStation 2. So you know what I mean? Like it was like, why would people buy this when this is so much better? And I it kind of like, goes to what you said, you know, like you hated the PlayStation because it killed what you had. You had already gotten that, and then here comes this other thing. And of course, your parents aren't going to buy that because you this just came out. Right. So it's like, why would I buy you that? Yeah, I that. never got a PlayStation Two, and I was still stuck on the Dreamcast. I fell in love with it, but the game, the lineup of games, weren't as good as Sony mm. and Nintendo. But there were a lot of good games that they eventually but those games, launched on other consoles. Those games that were on PlayStation and 64 that were also on Dreamcast looked, looked and played way better on Dreamcast. Like, I mean, you look at Crazy Taxi on Dreamcast. Yes, Ready to Rumble. As opposed to, like, PS1. Final, was Final Fantasy, that was PlayStation, right? Well, they, they, I think they put Final Fantasy VII on Dreamcast. And, and, like, there were just these weird crossover games. There was a Japanese game that they came out with. That's the thing. that It, it fucked them. It, it really, really fuck, good. It, it fucked them over. And then, like, it, it was like, it honestly reminds me. Where, the Dreamcast reminds me of what the Switch is today. 
Like people have their PlayStation 4s, their Xbox Ones, their PlayStation 5s, their Series Xs, and then you have this Switch that is not anywhere near powerful as any of these consoles. It's just like a supplement. It's, it's just there. It's not, yeah. as, it's not, it's as not what attractive. you want to be your main end-all be-all. But yeah, I don't know. Like As far as like toys that I could think that I wanted that I never got, like I was blessed enough that um, I was able to pretty much get anything that I asked for growing up being a single kid that's that's Only just child, how yeah. that's how it is um even being poor my parents were dirt poor but i always got what i at least one thing that i wanted for christmas um i never had the uh um i i got it late i the tamagotchi was super popular oh yeah yeah, yeah. and i got late that 90s i got were, that like a year yeah. a year or so late finally i got one but i always wanted it for christmas and it was it was kind of like one of those things. It was like, as a kid, it was like the, the 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 older kid to teenager toy. So I wasn't like old enough to get. I don't know. It was one of those weird things. Were you into like the Beanie Baby craze when they became really collectible? My in the mom late 90s? tried to get me into that, and I was like, they were buying them. I didn't give a shit. And now, like, it's kind of like I said with the Pokemon cards. Like, man, that's what I was into. You and those were two things that were going on at the same time: was Beanie Babies and Pokemon. I found one day at Target on the ground outside a purple beanie baby bear. And, you know, I went, I went home. Beat off with it. I didn't beat off with it. <laughs> but I, I researched it. Fucked it. <laughs> of course, we didn't, have, we didn't have internet. We had dial-up internet. And I had the shittiest internet ever. But I remember seeing on TV, like, they would talk about the beanie babies and which ones were popular. Well, this purple one, it was a Princess Diana one. So I was like, "Holy mm. shit! This is this is it." I remember it was just a purple bear, right? It was a purple bear. It had like a, a ribbon around its neck and shit. And I was all into collecting anyway, be from football thing? and baseball cards and autographs even back then, and posters and footballs, helmets, all that kind of stuff. Like my dad would get me that kind of stuff. That's why I'm such an avid collector now. But like when I found that Beanie Baby, I was like, "Man, I'm gonna be fucking rich." Then I found oh. out if you don't have the, it didn't have its tag on its ear. Mm, yeah. So it wasn't that as valuable you. as it could have been. Yeah. But I thought I struck gold with that. I don't even know. I might, I might still have it somewhere. What are some other popular, to- the, the, the Elmo. The Tickle, Tickle Me Elmo. Tickle Me Elmo People was People were huge. fucking trampling each other trying to get in the and, store. And what was the things. thing before that? Like the, the little weird looking owl. Furby. Furby. The Furbies. Yeah. Did you have a Furby? No. You had a fucking Furby. No, I Cabbage Patch dolls. Have, those are popular in the 80s, right? Shit. Did you have any? I, I have a black Cabbage Patch doll. And as a kid, I named her Kaka. Kaka. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? Was it like a, a ex- <laughs> limited edition one, or was it pretty common? I don't, I don't know. I really don't know. It's as it's, it's somewhere in my mom's house. I don't right know. Now. Like I caught that that bug as a kid, like collecting and and having these things that could be worth money. Like it, it made but me. But you can tell that she excited. was racist growing up because you know, like my 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 black cabbage patch doll has like some some dreads. Like 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 it's it's yarn. Realistic dread. The heart the the hair on the cabbage patch doll. It wasn't like the is, white white blonde is, cabbage patch. No no no. It's so the hair is like yarn, but it's like they braided. They braided. It that looks shit. like it looks like dreads. Could like, you unbraid but, it but and, like thin and make dreads. it? So you no, straight? No, because it's they, like yarn. It's they like, were just uh, trying. You feel like like they were trying to appeal to the black community, but it came off probably, racist. Probably, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What was the thing? I had the I had a apparently I had a 
the it was like before Cabbage Patch uh, in the eighties. I don't remember this, but I guess I had a t- not Teddy Ruxman, but the uh, they were called My Pal or whatever. Were like bears? No, it was like a du- it was like a little dude. And like you can look <laughs> it up. I remember seeing this on the eight. Like I love the eighties and be like, oh fuck! I remember I had one of those. It's called like My Buddy or some shit. Man, those dolls and shit are collectible as hell. Now. I, I, yeah, there are like collectors out there that will buddy, pay I out think. the ass. And like the Pokemon cards. Out the ass. That was another thing that got got me going with collecting. Like collecting all the cards, not knowing how to play the game. I didn't know how to play, but I just I just love the fact that they were rare. Some of them were rare, the holographics and things like that. And they were desirable. People wanted them. Talking so about, I would trade with my friends all the time. That that was like the big Christmas to me, like back in like ninety nine. Like, oh my god, all I wanted was nothing but Pokemon shit. Like I wanted some goddamn like I wanted some damn cartridges for game boy i wanted cards and when i got this like the starter kit with like i didn't even know how to play the game and it came with these little beads and i was just like i didn't give a shit i just wanted the cards and like i remember the 99 christmas that was probably like my favorite because i got everything that i wanted i remember that but like falling into like the collecting genre you guys had pogs right yep i did i never i loved pogs i collected them I had a fucking tube of them, and I had the slammers. Those were really cool. You had them for a long time because I remember when we first became friends, you were like 15, and you still had them. And this was like years removed from when Pogs were popular. It's like, you, still, you got a bag full of Pogs? I wish I would have kept them. I don't yeah. know. I don't know where they went. They used but... to have some crazy art on them, like stoner oh, art. Oh, yeah. They were cool as hell. <laughs> they were punk to me. Like They, yeah. they had a lot of... Hardcore! They had a lot of badass <laughs> graphics. Hardcore! I remember going to Buffalo Nickel, and they had Buffalo some there. You remember? I never knew how to play Pogs. I just knew you like. They had like the. I just wanted to collect the Slammers. Western Plaza. That's all I wanted. Like I somewhat knew how to play. Some people would have like the shitty plastic Slammers and be like, "Ah, that's not the real Slammer. You wanted the die-cast metal, like the metal ones that you could chunk at your friend and give them a black eye." Yeah, those were fucking (laughs) badass. So, what was a toy growing up that you received that you wanted and you were fucking elated that you received it and you got it for Christmas? The Jeep with Dr. Grant from Jurassic Park. Oh, my God. That had the, the see-through glass removable top yep. and everything. Mm-hmm. I love that fucking thing. That's why we're alike because mine's Jurassic Park related too. I got the compound, the full compound oh, with the yeah. electric fence. You could open it up. You could put all the characters in it. You could put the dinosaurs inside the fence. I, that same Christmas that I got the goddamn Jurassic Park toy, <laughs> I got Jim West. It was a doll of Will Smith from Wild Wild West. Oh, dude, I had the Will Smith uh, Independence Day. I love those toys, too, from that movie. Yeah. The aliens and yeah. shit. What about you, Adrian? What did you get? Something so, you really wanted that you got. My favorite thing that I ever got growing up was I was into toys back in the day I was really into Power Rangers okay so like one what well, there was one Christmas where my parents got me everything Power Rangers a uh, Green Ranger poster fucking pajamas I had like a bed set like with the comforter and the sheets that was all Power Rangers and then Does like, it smell like got, piss nah <laughs> 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 but I think my favorite thing growing up that they ever got me because I was also, even as a youngster, huge sports fan. In the same fucking Christmas, they got me a Brett Favre jersey and a Reggie oh, White yeah. jersey. Oh, shit. And that was my favorite thing growing up. 
I've got my child. Plus, jersey. I got this fucking starter jacket you too. Got, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You got the Kelly Green Eagles Reggie White jersey. Hey, I've still yeah. got my two <laughs> starter jackets when I was a kid, and my mom got my name embroidered on there. Yeah, I still have them. That Fuck I gave yeah. one to my boys, but I I have my my Emmett Smith jersey over there. I got that as a kid, and I've kept it, hung on to it. Oh, that that's yours as a kid. Yeah, that's mine as a that kid. It looks big as fuck. It's not Emmett Smith. It's really not. It's it's a Reebok. Back in the day, I probably got it in like ninety five, ninety six. Really? Yeah, that's crazy. I never that's knew one of that. Mine, yep. It's because it it like if you look like where that picture is, that's pretty much there's like a half inch there of that's where the jersey. Yeah, is. the numbers do look small now that I actually stare at it and look at it. And they always ran bigger. The jerseys yeah. ran a little bit bigger than what the true size was. Whereas like today yeah. is like everything runs smaller. Like a large jersey today is like damn skin tight. If you yeah, like me, I normally wear a medium, but when I buy jerseys, I typically get a small just because I know they're going to run small. So that's like the only which the only jersey I have right now. Well, I've got a couple of jerseys. I've got an Aaron Rodgers jersey and a Luka Doncic jersey, NBA jersey. Both sizes are well. Actually, the NBA jersey is is actually a, a true to fit medium. But the NFL jersey, I got a small, and it fits me perfectly. I know if I know if I would have gotten anything bigger, it would have been big on me. I had my Jordan jersey all the way up till I was nineteen, and they broke in my house and stole it off the wall. I remember the pissed. first like jersey that I got that I really really wanted for Christmas. I was like twelve, twelve, and my mom got me my favorite player out of Eddie George's jersey. Like I I wanted that jersey so bad. I loved Eddie when I was a kid. And I remember, like, it was the white Titans, the old school with the baby blue shoulders. Mm, yep. And uh, the, the the navy numbers with the baby blue outline. Like, oh, I love that jersey. I wore it every fucking day, and it got so dirty. It got so <laughs> – I wore it so much that, like, I ended up just cutting the numbers off the jersey so, be- because it was the only thing that looked decent. I got a picture here of me. It's it's on a magnet. Oh. I was, like, in third grade. <laughs> I have, you can see I have a jersey on. It's a Shaquille O'Neal jersey, the Orlando Magic. <laughs> that was one of my favorite jerseys back then. But yeah. The only jerseys that kids wore that were white, the basketball jerseys, there was three. They either wore Shaq, Michael, or Vince Carter. It was Vince Carter's Raptor jersey. Like if you were a white kid, those were the only three jerseys people had. Do you had. ever have an Iverson jersey? No, because by that time I was such a hardcore Lakers fan. Like yeah. I wasn't gonna get anything other than Kobe or Shaq. I had this same conversation like with toys and what you wanted when you were a kid with a buddy of mine, and he told me a, a toy that he grew up wa- wanting like really bad that he finally got was the moon shoes. Do you remember these moon shoes? Here's a no. here's a picture of them. Do you remember these? Oh things? yes, I do remember those. I don't remember. Somebody those. wanted those for Christmas. Yeah, and I was like, dude, what? What are you talking about, Poor dude? I don't, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. So I had to look them up, and I was like, I've got to ask Joseph and Adrian that's, and Scott that, if they ever wanted those fucking shoes. That's like something you get to me. I remember seeing those advertised, and I remember people like that. That's what you would win at like fucking Chuck E. Cheese <laughs> is what I would see as like the ultimate prize. Like they were so shitty. And they I think probably like, had them at uh, KB Toys back in the day. I remember Nerf, like, like that was like a, yeah, those those are terrible. Like, I wouldn't want those. What about the Bop It game? I hated that shit. <laughs> or Simon Says. Or Super Simon. I'm looking at one right now. I never wanted any of those. I, I didn't like I remember the Bop It. 
Did you want one? I no, not really. I I remember no when, kid ever did, but they all got it. <laughs> I remember. I remember when Gak. yo. I remember when yo-yos were fucking. Oh, real the shit. oh god! You're right. That was a Christmas present, Dunkin' Yo-yos. And, yep. and like there was a stand at the mall that sold all yeah. the yo-yos that fucking oh, lit up man. and shit. That was like where lids was. And like and like I wanted one so bad, and I don't know why. Even though I sucked at fucking yo-yo. I wanted one because I knew everybody else fucking had one, and everybody was doing tricks and shit mm-hmm. at school. And I was like, "Fuck, I want a yo-yo," you know. Oh, yo-yos were so big, like in '99, 2000. But, yo- but yo-yos had been around for years and years, years and years. Why did they pop off? I have no idea. Because this was pre-internet. This was pre-everything, and then it just became popular as fuck all over again. Like I, I remember, so- there was two different kinds. You could get the Duncan kind, that was like the old school yo-yo. Or you could get the one with the bearings in it, and they would light up. The, yeah, you, the ones. Do you remember the metal up. ones that would they would sleep? That's what they, you know mm-hmm. you call it when they would spin at the bottom. Those were like really good because they had the good bearings in them, and you can do all kinds of tricks. I can still do a couple of tricks that I've just remembered through all the years. Of fucking muscle memory. It's crazy. <laughs> Around, I think that was around that same time that I was getting those Pokemon cards. I wanted a Duncan Yo-Yo because everybody had to have them at school. Yeah, and it was it had it's like, like the red you, trim. It was you, nice. You were fucking a loser if you didn't have a yo-yo yep. at school, you know? You're right, dude. I totally forgot how popular yo-yos were in the mid-90s. You remember the Polly Pockets the girls would all want? Those little fucking things. Yeah. And then My they made the, the they made the Mad Max version. Do you mm-hmm. remember those? Those were cool. That was It was like the same thing, but it was like the dude mm-hmm. with the monsters. And- yeah. Yeah, I remember having the, uh, the Death Star, and it was a big version of one of these and you could open it up you could set it up and you had little characters all the star wars characters and you could put in there star wars when they when they re when george lucas re-released like the original trilogy that he updated those toys became popular again oh, I, I love had, star I wars like toys. crazy um you know nerf guns were always popular super soakers uh like you showed a picture of that gak there was another thing that came out after gak it was like the foam version it had like the little, little look like dipping dots yeah. on the on the stuff. There was that. That shit's still popular with kids, like the slime and stuff. Yeah, I remember Pocket Diaries. I, I was really so. in I was really into Pocket Diaries. What was that? I like vaguely like, remember. I mean it sounds pretty so self explanatory. One, one of the ones that I bought that I really liked was a Batman Pocket Diary. So like you'd you'd open it up and it was like basically a keyboard and you could type your little diary. Yeah, it was like your own personal little yeah. thing, right? Yeah. And I remember, because back in the day, my, my parents would reward me if I got good grades in school. And I remember one of the things I wanted was the Batman Pocket Diary. And I had gotten straight A's one year at Travis Middle School, and they were like, here's your Batman Pocket Diary. Because it was one of the big things that I year. think I remember that. It was like a little... It almost looked like what James showed a picture of, right? And you flipped it up, and it would look like it was his bat... The bat, like... What would you call it? Like the bat dungeon or whatever? Mm-hmm. And you flipped it up, the but cave. it had like a note... Like a thing where you could type and do things in there. I remember yeah. that. Like, And that's another thing. Batman was super popular. Oh, yeah, I had the Batman, the Gotham City-like... I uh, The cartoon. I still, I still the castle-looking like thing. You could open it up. Kind of like the Death Star and the uh, Jurassic Park compound. 
I had a lot of those growing up. And then the G.I. Joes. And the only thing Joe. I had that was similar to what you're talking about, I had the Millennium Falcon. Mm. That You open it up and it was made like the micro toys. Right. Like where they were, Han Solo was like super tiny and you put them in the Falcon. And I always that. wanted a Millennium Falcon, a good one. I always had the cheap knockoff, like crappy ones. You know, kind of like how you, Toy Story came out and they came out with like the legit Buzz one. And then the Woody. Yeah. Like the movie. I had those too. Accurate toys and... Because it's crazy. I never had the really good ones. We were only eight years old when Toy Story came out. Exactly. That, man. And they they just released the last one like two years ago, like Toy Story Four. So it's like, but yeah, I remember I had I had the original Buzz and Woody. Like I had Woody that was like stitched and everything, and I wrote my name on his boot and all that. Like I did that with Buzz. I love the little aliens. <clears throat> yeah, I had those two. I had uh, RC car. That came in. At RC car, I had, I had that uh, one, yeah. Slinky, and then and dog. then I had like the action figures, like I had I like I collected these Buzz Lightyear ones, and I had this one that was like this tall, it wasn't big or anything, it was just like a normal toy, but it was like all silver. Mm-hmm. And then the Ninja Turtle toys growing oh, up, fuck yeah! Like I had it's Leo. the best time to be a kid. I had all of their weapons, like so they kind of look like this. That's what they look. Yeah, like. I remember that now. But I but I had a Batman yeah. version of it. Did y'all have a Tamagotchi? I did. I did. And for the longest time, parents wouldn't buy me one. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why. Like, They were pretty pricey, weren't they, when they first I think dropped. that's probably what it was. I think it was like super expensive. I think they were probably like close to 100 bucks for one of those. Digital diary. That's, that's sad because that's like it was just on a fucking keychain. And you look at it today, it was like had the graphics of a fucking, uh, fucking calculator. Oh, it was monochromatic. It was terrible. It was terrible. <laughs> like, what about, oh, speaking of that, uh, the, the uh, what were the name of the goddamn, the, the tiger toys. Yes, The yes, tiger yes. handheld. I had a ton of those. I had, I had like the, the Jurassic you know Park. what I'm talking about, Adrian? The tiger handhelds that yeah. had like Power Rangers and Jurassic Park. Yes. I had those. Uh-huh. Man. The, the racing ti- games. Tiger handhelds. That was... Kinda Those were like, their shit. Ooh, I had an independence Kind of like this mm-hmm. one. And it had a light on the top. I had a Batman one just like yep, this. Yep, yep, yep. Tiger, Tiger handhelds. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for those that are too young to know, Tiger handheld was these, they were their own individual video game, which had like the graphics of like how James said, I mean, it had the graphics of like a calculator. And they like, so if you bought the Power Rangers, it was the Power Rangers fighting them. And that's all it was. I had the Power Rangers one. I also had this Batman one. This exact bat. They were affordable for kids. Batman the Animated Series was my shit back in the day. Yeah, they were probably like 20 to $30. And that it was just like these single loaded games. And there wasn't really levels to it. Actually, this is the exact one that I had. It was the, is this the Batman Returns one? This white one right here. This is the one I had. Think of these in the vein of mobile games before mobile games. You you consider mobile games to not be real video games today. That's what Tiger Toys were. They were they weren't like like Game Boy or you know Nintendo. They were something that you could have. And honestly, it was like I knew kids that had them that didn't have like Nintendo or anything at home. They just had that, and like it was it was like it was an aff- an affordable alternative to video games. Right, they were still fun. You yeah, just I played the shit out you, of them. You couldn't play them in the sunlight. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. Like I, I remember, like in the car ride home from school, I'd be playing, and like if you were hitting, like the the sun would come through. You'd have to put your your you'd have to lean forward and put that shit into the floorboard. Yeah, put it in a shadow or a dark place to see it. And like yeah. at night, you couldn't play. You them. couldn't play them either because they didn't have any light. But the, like I said, that um, Independence Day one I had, it had like a. a, a a light that would 
curve over the top where you could play it at night. Oh. It was cool. Nice. Yeah, like it had to have like the perfect amount of light. Too much. Like you could put like a flashlight on it and see perfectly, but if it sunlight hit it, it was not going to work. Yeah. And then like if you pushed your finger too hard on the screen, your thumb or you touched the screen, it'd fuck up. Like the guy's, like the Power Ranger leg would be permanently on the screen from <laughs> yeah. going forward. It, it looked like uh, when you drop oil into water, like that little rainbow effect that yeah. happens yeah. when yeah. you put your finger on it. Just be yeah, fucked. I had the I had the Power Rangers one, the X Men one, and the Batman one. I had Power Rangers, Jurassic Park, and one other one. I can't remember. It may have been X Men. They Man. were so shitty. Like I said, you give that to a kid today, he's gonna play with it for maybe five seconds. Oh, and throw it'd, it. it'd be the most worthless thing he'd ever got. What the fuck is this? We were grateful though back then. Like I, I never got the Game Boy Color, but I got those things, and Snake, I would still play them. Snake on a Nokia phone. <laughs> yeah, the the brick phones. Those were fucking entertaining because you could sit there and play that forever. Like I found myself stealing my mom's phone just to play that game. It's like it's like every generation had something that was shitty to them. Like our parents had the the wooden paddle with the ball attached to the string. Oh, fuck, in the seventies, <laughs> that that was their that was their entertainment. And then like their parents before them, and the board games they were really big into board games. I, I, feel like I remember right having like you know Tinker Toys were like my dad's, oh, yeah, yeah. but we had Lincoln a, Logs. we had Erector sets, you know. Those were cool. And Legos have always been popular. Legos have always been popular. They're expensive as fuck today. Oh, yeah. It's crazy how, like, I don't remember, like, you could probably buy, like, the same 150-piece small little brick-sized Lego set that's probably, like, when you bought it at the store, because they used to have aisles of Legos where, like, they legitimately just were the size of a brick, and you'd buy the little box, and that was probably, like, 10 bucks. Today, something like that is $80. Yeah, I bought... Jason, a Boba Fett head, and it's like you know a model head that you can put on a stand and put on display, and it was sixty five bucks. That's insane. Yeah, and I guess like the the cost to make those toys is just the way they make things nowadays. It's it's so labor intensive. Like the Jurassic Park toys when we were kids were amazing. Yeah, they were made out of rubber. They were very durable. You could play with them for years. But now the Jurassic Park toys are made out of hard plastic and they break easy. Another one that comes to mind was Hot Wheels. And oh, if yeah. you had Matchbox, you were a piece of shit. Like you, you, <laughs> yeah. you were poor if you yeah. had Matchbox. <laughs> All the tracks you could buy and the different setups, it was endless. Like that was awesome. You could. I remember putting them out in my, my hallway Dude. and stretching out all the tracks and the quality of some of those, like even and, and Matchbox, like the the quality of those toy those cars, man. The paint would be all glistening. Almost some of them look so good it looked like a bass boat. You know what I mean? Yeah, the graphics were amazing, and and I like the different graphics. <laughs> I know what you mean. Like they put like pictures, the designs, on them. The, like to be that small it, yeah. to put that much of a design on there is that's 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 crazy. Yeah, yeah. All the movie themed ones were really cool too, like the Batmobile and you know the the Ninja Turtle uh, van. Even that was cool. Even toys at like fast food restaurants were decent back then. Like you would get toys from McDonald's. I still King. have the little nugget. They would transform. No, the ones that you could put, you could change their outfits and stuff, and they they gave them out around Halloween. I still have buckets of them. Do you remember that though? McDonald's released like. It was a chicken nugget, but it was a transformer. And there wasn't, transformers weren't popular. They just did that. I had a french fry that turned into a little human. A box of oh, fries. McDonald's toys were the best back right? then. D- Fuck. D- dude, all those fast food places had great toys. I always wanted all the Batman ones. Some places don't even give toys anymore. No. Does, does McDonald's still give toys? They do, but like. Mm. 
They're like paper booklets and shit. Yeah, stuff like that. Like stickers. I fucking hate McDonald's. Cups or straws. Dude, McDonald's was a shit when we were kids. I had a birthday and now or two it's there. Disgusting. I, I, <laughs> now it's disgusting. I was talking about this with Brianna last night. I got my head stuck and had the fire department had to come pull me out of my, my head on my fourth birthday. <laughs> what? We had have I have you never heard this story? No. We were I had my fourth birthday party at the McDonald's on Ross and there before they redid it, it they had the the little playground in the front right by I forty mm-hmm. and they had like the burger yeah. The hamburger thing that was like a jail, and I stuck my head in between the bars, and I was just too stupid to not pull pull it out the same way. And I was like, I'm stuck, I'm stuck. And my mom, like, they couldn't get me out, so they had to call the fire department. Too, that's awesome. To come I get, wish there was a picture come, of that. Come, I, I wish there was, too. To come get my head out of the... There, there's pictures before, like when we were in the party, and then we went outside and played, and, and the fire department had to get my head out. It reminds me of Jim Carrey's head coming out of the fucking... <laughs> The rhino. The acid of the rhino. (laughs) But yeah, let's go on to our next topic. So we'll change gears a little bit away from Christmas and toys. What did you guys think of the Jake Paul and Woodley fight? We all watched it together. Uh, We had a moment of surprise when the knockout happened, but it was. I still think it was fucking rigged. Yeah, it was. Even with that knockout like that? Yeah. I I think the knockout was real. If you actually watch the. Video. Oh, you're talking about you the hand tell, signal. Yeah, and everything? you can tell that he fucking. I mean, if Tyrone really, Woodley is a fucking professional fighter, why would he fucking? Who's drop, lost his last five fights would, before that? Though, why would he drop his yeah. hand like that? Though, He's he not just boxer. fucked up. That's he, to me. That I, I, I just, I just see it being rigged. I just. Maybe he was never good. Maybe he just fought shitty opponents when he was yeah. in MMA. I mean, he was. He's what a five-time world champion in the UFC, but he's lost. So he's many a wrestler, fights. Though. He's a wrestler. Yeah, I, I, yeah he's a national I mean, champion, right? Wrestler. He's just he he doesn't have I don't what he used to have. He's thirty nine years old, about to be forty. I mean, he needs to. He he said that he plans on fighting four times his next year. I'm like, dude, four times. For what? He, he ain't gonna remember none of it. You're gonna get your ass whooped the next fight that you plan and you you actually go through with. You're gonna get beat and then you're gonna look stupid as hell. Seven saw, losses in a row. I saw a thing today that said uh, ever since Tyrone Woodley released his rap song, Beat That Ass, he has, in fact, not beaten a single ass and has watched has lost <laughs> six in a row. So, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't think it was rigged, Adrian, but I, I do think there was, like, I mean, obviously, I mean, he took that fight, like, what, two weeks in advance? Yeah. Like, he took yeah. it two weeks in advance. Um, he knew he wasn't He had been win. training, though, throughout the time that... Had he, though? That's what he said. He said that he came in... Way better shaped in the first fight. Yeah, I don't know. Like I, I'm just so over Jake Paul. Like I've said it before. Like I want like I want like um, Tyson Fury. I, I, just, I think or Deontay Wilder. Somebody, somebody Jake Paul's some, size. Well, they, Tommy they, Fury was a legit opponent, and I wish they would have fought. They. And what every, was up with that? Everybody wants Jake Jake Paul to fight an actual boxer, which he has yet to do. He fought a retired basketball player. It's never boxed in his life. He fought an MMA guy that he was not mainly known, a wrestler, not yeah, a striker. He was never known for a striking. Twice. Yep. Two of those guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and the the whole Tommy Fury thing, everybody was excited for that. But, you know, Tommy Fury backed out because of a illness and some rib injuries. 
Which I'm wondering if it was like, Jake was like, oh, this motherfucker probably will beat me, and I wonder if they paid him under the table to back out of it. I don't know, but you've got to admit, though, the kid is 24 years old. The finesse that he's pulling on everybody is genius. Oh, yeah, he's, 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 me and our, our friend Justin talked about this in depth. Like, he's just, he's, he's a, he's, he's not a good boxer. He's a smart businessman. Like, He's he's you cannot knock his hustle. Is he a douchebag? Yeah. Yes. Is he a piece of shit? Probably yes. in real life. Yeah, probably. Like anybody that he looks wouldn't like, even kiss look, his girlfriend after and, the fight. And, 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 and <laughs> as fine as that bitch was, he just shoved that bitch aside. Like, ah, oh, you paper chasing hoe, get the fuck away from me. Which I thought was kind of cool. <laughs> but he's it, he is a piece of shit. And but you cannot knock his hustle. And no, it is I a mean, hustle. He's a smart businessman. I'd be yeah. doing the same shit. He's I making mean, money. He's running his mouth. He's calling out these MMA fighters. What he called out Jorge Masvidal, five Which, million. And and that's the, and that's the thing, like in Masvidal, it's Plus it's another it's another curse. thing. It's like Jake Paul's reach, Jake Paul's height, Jake Paul's size in a boxing match. Man, who knows? As much as Jake Paul has been training, I would, no, it wouldn't I'm surprise sorry. me. I'm sorry, Jorge Masvidal would destroy that motherfucker. But he's not going to take it. So. Jorge, think... he's not going to take it, and, and I'm sure there's some kind of clause in his contract with the UFC that oh, says Dana that he White can't would be. I'm going to yeah, yeah, like people that are like big stars but in UFC. Dana ain't going to let him I've fight been, this clown. I've been following Jorge Masvidal since he was fighting in the backyard of Kimbo Slice's fucking yeah in the mid 2000s. Mm-hmm. So I he's mean, a journeyman. That dude, that he's, dude is a fucking baller. He's got over forty. Five fights but, under his belt. Like I said, the only thing I Ed, that I'm sick and tired of, like I don't even give a shit at this point, like how retired they are. Let's see Jake Paul fight someone with the same height, same reach, and same weight. Like he, every, like yes, he's not fighting real boxers, but it, I think it would be a different story even if like Tyron Woodley was his size and height and weight. Like the dude, like he's just his opponents are so mismatched. But my my every thing time is, Jake Paul gets in the ring, like. Especially the, the 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 Robinson the Nate Robinson fight like goddamn it was well, so mismatched. If you look at the the as far as the weight goes, I mean Jake Paul weighed in at one ninety, Woodley weighed in at one eighty nine. Whenever they they did the, the they reach did and the, the height is a difference, but but that's yeah, reach so and much the heights is a difference. Yeah, but in the age, but Jorge's Masvidal has a pretty massive. Uh, reach, I but mean, he's at the end know. of his career too. Like, I don't but think that would be a no, like fight. Isn't he like so. five foot nine, five foot eight too? Though, like, as far as height, no, I don't think he's that short. Masvidal got his ass knocked out I would last say, fight. I would uh, say he's at least six foot. I don't think that's a good I'll, I'll, fight. I'll, I would say this: if they fought, I wouldn't bet on it. Like, I wouldn't bet on Masvidal winning because just because. Know. Just because, like, it just it 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 just goes like, man, he's picking his opponents, and I, I want to see, I want to see, like, like I said, Tyson Fury or Deontay Wilder just go like, you know what? I'm he's, sick he's, of this fucking clown. He's never gonna fight a real boxer. Though. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, would the Masvidal fight happen? Yeah, and like Jake Paul probably wins by decision because of his height and weight, size, and all that. Like, he's 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 strategically picking his opponents, and and I hate the guy. But there's there's no reason that he he's he's picking fights. He knows he's probably going to win, and he's been legitimately training with legitimate boxing coaches. But the thing is, he a legitimate boxer? No, because he hasn't fought a legitimate boxer. Tyron You're not going to be a legitimate boxer until you fight a legitimate boxer. Tyrone Woodley is a proven mixed martial artist. He's a grappler. He's got tons of experience. In the cage, striking. The There's out. no reason why he should have lost to this guy who has only four fights under his belt. Tyron Woodley embarrassed prepared. himself. Yeah. And with that type of experience, you should never go out 
on the canvas and get your ass just annihilated like that. He's a world-class athlete and, and he got beat by a 24 year old YouTuber. Like that shit should have never happened. And you've got to give the kid credit. I mean, there's a good fight right now. You UCF in Florida balling, brawling out right now, bro. In their bowl game, UCF is winning this game in which, the Union Home Mortgage. Hey, good for UCF. I would, it to I would power have picked five. them to win. I'd have picked them to win. Hey, putting it to the Power Five, good for them. But yeah, um, Masvidal. I mean, yeah, he's gonna have if 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 the fight is really gonna happen. Masvidal's either gonna have to gain twenty pounds, or Paul's gonna have to lose twenty pounds. And, I mean, I, and the latter is not going to because happen. Masvidal is is a one seventy pound um, lightweight. I don't so. know. I, I think would, Tyron I, Woodley was a better matchup for him. Tyron Woodley is a specimen. Like you, you look at that guy throughout his career, the dude is just built for it, right? Masvidal, he's a journeyman. He's had over twenty more fights than Woodley. I don't know. He's I w- at the end of his career too. He's getting his ass knocked out. He would not be a good opponent for. Jake Paul. I wouldn't want to get hit by either one of them, but I'd rather take a hit from Tyron Woodley than Masvidal. No. I, I mean, know, in, in the cage, I don't know, dude. I don't know, man. Masvidal hits like a brick. He got his ass laid out. But <laughs> I, that's, I'm that's i with you, man. Like I, The well, height, the height I mean, and the, everything. The, the, he, Masvidal ain't going to take that fight. He ain't going to. And, you know, who was, who was it in the, in the stands, like, talking shit? Too like that he called a pussy like there was that other guy Nate Diaz so yeah. he he called out Masvidal and Nate Diaz because those are uh, two big UFC names that were at the fight but they both left before the Jake Paul fight even because they even weren't gonna give him, they, the whole thing was like yeah they're not giving him his time and money yeah pretty well much. you look at Masvidal he he really hadn't beat anybody worth a shit in a long time and he lost to Usman twice. His last yeah, two back back to back, he lost. He lost to Usman. I mean, he's first beat. time was a decision. Second time was a was a knockout. knockout yeah. Um, I mean, he so hasn't. I don't think he's beat anybody. Canelo worth the shit. Canelo in, recently in five said years. that he would. Spar, well, he, he would spar with him to show him I would how say real his, boxing goes, but he's never said like he would take a fight. Like Nate Diaz, he's at the end of his career. I like, would say the last big done. win that he had was he he beat Nate Diaz. And, um, and Canelo is UFC two forty four TKO. Canelo is too good right now and too popular in the world of Canelo, boxing. Canelo's not going to lower himself. That's to a, fight yeah, Jake like Paul. It, a it's, it's too fighter. much risk. Like if if Jake Paul not and Canelo's way shorter than Jake Paul. If if he gets knocked out or loses to Jake Paul, that's detrimental to Canelo's that would, career. That would shake up the boxing world and it would fucking ruin the sport. It's already ruined, but like that's the thing. It's that's making what, a resurgence, but but here's the thing: like boxing has always same. been about and fucking mi- a mixed martial arts the same way. You fight your height and class. That's why they have heights and class. And nobody, if you're a traditional boxing fan, nobody Jake Paul has fought would ever be that fight. Like if these were professional boxers, this fight, these fights would never happen under Vegas rules or, or professional boxing rules. They would never happen because they're so goddamn mismatched. Every single fight that Jake Paul has won are so mismatched would, that they would, would never happen that, between real boxers. Except the Woodley fights. I feel like those, yeah, the, the height and the reach were a little off, but as far as what, what, what Paul was going up against with with a guy that had so much experience like right, that, but still, that's like, his I'm, best opponent. And that's his best win. You're right, but his height and reach. If these were just two boxers, these fights would never ever happen. 
And that's why it pisses me off. Like, I don't give a fuck who he fights. Just fight somebody your size, height, weight, and but reach. But you can make up for, that's what boxing for height is. and reach with good technique and good experience. But and they good, don't do that in boxing. They, they don't do that. You fight your height, weight, right. and reach. But we're, we're talking about Jake Paul's fights, and it's it's been all over the place. And it's how it's going to continue to be, too. But that's what I'm saying. He's cherry-picking. He's cherry-picking. He's making good business moves, well, and he's getting his money. But these are not, like, I it, I just disagree with the whole, like, consensus that Woodley's going to should have won that fight every single time. I disagree. Like, the guy, it's so mismatched, and Jake is actually out there training, like, months on end. Like, he's, they, and that's the thing people don't. Woodley, too, though. He's still a UFC fighter, too. Yeah, but I, I, I think Jake Paul trained way more than Tyron Woodley in bo- both of these fights combined. Like, he's going out there. He's putting in the work. He's working with uh, Ola, uh, what's his name? Um Golden Boy, but here's the He's deal. Working with his Woodley trainer. should be way more ready for that fight based on the fact that and he took it because he's he an knew MMA it was a fighter he and there's it was there's way more stamina required for MMA. There's way more cardio involved with MMA because you're not only you're not only striking but you're grappling, you're wrestling, and if you have ever wrestled before, that is one of the hardest things ever to do. Oh, it, you get gassed super fast, and he is a he's a mixed martial artist. He should have been. Prepared. fully prepared to go eight rounds but but thing is, is and outlast like, him it's like at the same time too though i mean like tyron woodley's made more in his last two fights than he's ever made in his whole career i mean so i mean he knew what he was doing he just wanted that bag and he got it i mean he played the game he can't count the money he don't know if he got ones or tens but he got it <laughs> he got it he can make a a, a comeback <clears throat> with his career with with the ufc if he can win a few fights this this next year and he'll be okay if he can Put together some wins, string together some wins. But if not, he he's gonna have a fucking black eye on his resume, on his legacy. I think for so sure. Too. The thing with Jake Paul is he's in he's in if if we're talking about weight classes, he's in a bad weight class right now. I mean at his weight right now, he's considered a cruiser weight, which right now there's not any decent boxers in that weight class. All the decent boxers right now are 170 and lower when you think of Canelo Alvarez, when you think of Triple G, Tank Davis, uh, Teofimo Lopez, who to me right now are the top four pound-for-pound boxers right now. Uh, All of them are a lot smaller and and way less than, than Jake Paul, but... I think any four of them would beat the fuck out of that dude, regardless of weight. But here's what height. I want to see. I want I want to see Deontay Wilder against Jake Paul. That is a, a and Deont- a great Deontay opponent. Wilder, I think is on the same lines of of Canelo. I don't think he would lower himself. To I don't think that he dude. would either. But I would put all my money on Wilder to oh, knock for, his oh, ass out. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt, bro. The, the bronze bomber. I mean, that without dude is a just. Doubt. I mean, he can't. Get over the hump with Tyson Fury, but the guy is still a legend. He's he's built a, such a strong legacy throughout his boxing career. Jake Paul's got to take on formidable opponents, big names who are up and coming or have already been established, and prove that he's and, that he can hang. That he's yeah. part of part of the and boxing really, folklore. Exactly, and really, if you think about it, Tommy Fury, he really hasn't done shit. I mean. No, he's he's won like he's seven only, fights. He's seven and zero, oh, I think. So I don't even think he's had that many fights. He's I think had seven. It, is he seven and zero? Oh? I, I was thinking he was like four and zero. Oh. But but the dude is 
he's a legit boxer. Like he's absolutely. You absolutely. look at his physique. You you look at his technique, the way he moves, the way he strikes. I mean, he's he's got good defense, good offense. I think that would have been a great fight for Jake Paul. I'm pissed that it didn't happen, and we had to see another fucking trash Woodley fight. It just it, it pissed me off, man. I'm waiting on I think the pay per view event, and I I think with the release on February 14th, the movie's going to really do a lot of uh, a lot of publication for it. I am excited for a potential uh, Knoxville Butterbean two. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so ready for that damn movie to drop, and it was supposed to in October, right? Yeah, the thing's been delayed so many times. I think the Bam Margera lawsuit got kind of. Delayed it so much, but February. I think it comes out Valentine's Day. <laughs> really? Yeah, we're gonna have to go I, all. I we're gonna have to go February watch it. Fourteenth. Do you think it'll go straight to streaming platforms and in the theater, or do you think it's just gonna be theater? I I I, th- I think it'll just be theater, but I could see it doing like on HBO Max. But I want to see this in theater. Like I want to see that movie in theater. I, so do I. I, I was. Adrian never, don't give a fuck. I was never really a big Jackass fan. Oh, I was. That's part of my childhood right there. That's part of my Bible. That's part of why we interact the way we do. The humor, the the jokes. I mean, it all stems from those jackass It's probably going to be the worst one. Probably. You know, Ryan Dunn's Dunn's dead. Bam's not in it. And and they're all older. But uh, from what I heard, I mean, like, goddamn, they were all hospitalized within the first couple of weeks of filming. And it took so long to film because they were waiting on people to get better. They... it, those dudes, I will say this, they always try to one-up whatever they did last time. Mm-hmm. And like, if you look at Jackass 1 compared to Jackass 3D, 1 is so much tamer and so not as filthy, so yeah. not as raunchy. And, and it's like they're always trying to like push that limit, right? Just so, like they did a lot of practical jokes then for like the first one on each other. I hope this is the last one because I hope they all like eventually get to see their grand. Like it's all great getting to see like CTE Steve-O like <laughs> sober up and stuff and, and like Johnny Knoxville like becoming more of a producer and his daughter is starting to act in movies and stuff. Like like the, this needs to be it. I was watching an interview yesterday and it was Novak and, and Steve-O on his podcast and uh, he was they were talking about Bam and, and Bam right now is in treatment. Yeah. Like he can't even have a phone. Good. He doesn't need one. And they've, you know, they tried reaching out to him and they don't get a response. And they, they're saying, you know, that's a good sign that he's not yeah. interacting and, and, you know, talking to people and things like that. And I hope that the dude gets back on track because we all love Bam. He's an integral part of the Jackass dynamic and the crew. I hope that they can all make amends and, and put him somewhere, maybe in a future. I'd like to see a endeavor, documentary with them all something. just yeah. sitting around a table together, all his friends again. Like, that'd be cool because, like, you look at, like even if you weren't a fan of them adrian you know like just that dynamic of you got to understand like how hard it must have been for like i mean that like if you died and i was that that young and and that famous like no wonder he got all strung out and fucked up man like it dunn's death like ruined him and and fucking sad and so like and he's not been a cool person and it's cool to see and it sucks to see all these other people growing up and and like the two people you would have thought would have died, Novak and 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 Stevo, are years sober, mm-hmm. and 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 Novak does like seminars and he looks great. Dude's 
like a handsome looking cat now, giving all these like speeches at these colleges and stuff and at Baltimore. Cause that's where Baltimore for people who don't know is like the heroin capital of the USA. And, and that's where he became really strung out. And that's all he does is he devotes his time is in the Baltimore yeah, yeah. area speaking at colleges. You know, when, when you're that type of an eccentric character to, to the public, I, I feel their struggle because I think that they always feel like they have to live up to that character. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's what drives them crazy. And it just, they never get to, you know, make a disconnect from it. They're just always that person. And they ba- just always got to put on a show. Bam always made a joke about it. Like it wasn't really called po- podcast, but it was a podcast before podcast became popular. Bam used to do a radio show on Sirius and he'd always talk about, you know, like people coming up to him and go, Hey Bam, do a jackass, do a jackass. He's <laughs> yeah. like, what the fuck is do a jackass? <laughs> like, but like, that's like people, like you said, people want them to live up to that persona. And it's like, yeah, man, I do did a lot of stupid shit, got famous. And the, the thing that sucks, too, is like, Bam is a really good skateboarder. He was legitimately a professional and skateboarder. And he can still skate. I've seen recent videos over the past few years. He he still can strut it up. And, and, and it's just sad to see, like, somebody put their... Like, people don't understand, like, that dude, like, put his body through so much shit that he couldn't do the one thing that got him famous in the first place anymore. Right. And so the cool thing about the whole Jackass franchise is, you know, they did all of those dumb stunts and they were those characters, but that's who they really were. You know, as people, they were just that, that funny and they all got along so well. And it's just, it's crazy that, you know, people always want to expect them to live up to that character because yeah, it's a character, but that's who they are as well. Well, and it's like a perfect storm, right? Like that that came out when there was nothing like that. Like it's such an easy concept to copy and there was tons of copycats, but they never were as famous as those guys because they did it first. Yeah. They, like they 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 had something and shout out to Jeff Tremaine for taking the people from Big Brother magazine and the CKY guys and bringing them together to make that because it's so easy that all they were were just doing, hey, we're going to film ourselves doing a bunch of fucking stupid shit, and it came out at a time when MTV was popular with shows Mm -hmm. like Celebrity Deathmatch and Tom Green. Mm -hmm. Like MTV was known at that time for for doing things that your parents don't want you watching, and, and that's what that was, and that was a big part of that. And and nothing before had ever done that, and nothing since has been able to do that because it's such an easy premise that you only want to see the people who did it first do that. Yeah, and so it's you don't so want to see it, copycats. Yeah, no, like I remember like Nitro Circus and some of that stuff that Travis Pastrana and and then that that Rob Deirdre yeah, guy yeah 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 tried to do, and and like they were never as funny as Jackass. Um, but those, those guys, like, I mean, we did jackass shit, me, me and, uh, Amos and, and my, my stepbrother, Jeremy and some other people we used to, I used to film in high school and I'd take the camera for the weekend and we'd film ourselves. There's tapes somewhere that I need to find of tons of fucked up shit that we used to do because we were so inspired by jackass. Like we were just going to be our own jackass and it wasn't even about like releasing as public. We were just going to make ourselves laugh. The cool thing is, is it wasn't just one selective crowd of people that would, you know, act out all the stunts everybody would do it like it didn't matter who you were your background like everybody was involved in that whole movement of filming themselves and copying everything the jackass guys did because it was so like monumental it was new it was fresh it was funny crazy you could almost out of this world you could almost argue that youtube and TikTok and stuff like a lot Inspired, of these things yes. like you wouldn't have these things today if mm-hmm. it wasn't for 
jackass. Like legitimately, that that's a conversation that not a lot of people have. But that I think a lot of the things that we see today in mainstream media and entertainment, I think owe a lot to to jackass. Like Especially, there there yeah. weren't even like reality shows that popular like until the, jackass. The came precursors out. to TikTok and all that, like the Vine, mm-hmm. it was just six seconds and. People would do dumb shit. They would try to be funny. And that's what that everyone... That would not exist without those guys. Yeah, none of that would exist. And I do agree. Like, I want to see eventually, like, a documentary. Like, a full-fledged, a like, good long, long documentary. Yeah. With everybody. And then they're all friends. And they're all... T- so, mm-hmm. hopefully, you know, Bam gets the treatment he wants and, and, and needs. And, and they all can be friends again. Because I think at the end of the day, when you, when you do something for so long... And you were a part of something. Like, those guys got to tour the world. They were fucking rock stars. Oh, yeah. From 2001 to about 2010, they they could go anywhere, and they were, like, uh, you know... Nationally I've, known. I've, you know, like, like they, they nobody knew one without the other, you know? And so, like, those... those Even, like, the guys, like, Aaron McGahee and, and then the, the dude that shits all the time. <laughs> I forget his oh, name. Oh, the scene where he goes into, like, the toilet shop, and he's fucking just... Drops trowel. Even and shits those everywhere. guys that weren't like the well-known faces, uh, Dave England—that's his name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they, they, even them, like Preston, Wee Man, all of them. God, man, are <laughs> just the Gumball Three Thousand. That's one of my favorites. Oh, dude, the, when they do the race yeah. across country, and it's like, it's like my favorite part in that whole thing. If you haven't seen this, so basically, there's there's a race every year, and it's usually in Europe. But uh, it's I think it's the dude that owns Virgin Mobile that that, that sets it on. Um, he's dude the dude that's got the island and everything. Yeah, Hanson. Uh, What's Hanson? Uh, <laughs> like I know what you're talking H. about. Yeah, <laughs> they they do. Uh, it's called the Virgil, gum, I don't know. Gumball race, and every year it's in a different location. Uh, and they they race through all these countries, and it's only been like a couple of times in America. But they did it one year with uh, Stevo. And uh, Pontius, mm-hmm. and I think uh, uh, Knoxville, and that was it. And the, <laughs> the best scene is they're going through a British or like a, a like a European town where there's like carjackers, and they do like a, a dramatic reenactment, and it's like <laughs> it's just Pontius with like two eyes on his chin, and he, he's like. <laughs> Give me all your money in your cars, please. Ah. Like it's just he's in like the back seat with yeah. like a fucking just his white upside down, on. upside down with a thong on. It's it's good. It made it it made that kind of humor come to the limelight and be acceptable. Yeah, it, you didn't have to have something scripted to be funny. Yeah, you could just be yourself and stupid. Like that dude humor, it really like became popular because of Jackass. Yeah. The crude, crude humor. Like, and I think, I think Jackass. Once people were like, okay, because honestly, before ja- after Jackass movies is when you got movies like Forty Year Old Virgin and Super Bad. Like, people were like, oh, you can make box office money with some really nasty shit. Yeah, like, and, and people and, will and, watch it. Before Jackass, you didn't have movies like that. No, you did. You had like American Pie and all that, but, but it, that came at the at when, the same time. Yeah, at the same time, there 99. was there was. I mean, like you had like Porky's, Animal House, few and far between, and like we're talking like years in between movies like that. And then after Jackass came out, man, you were getting like uh, old school, y- old school. Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Saving Silverman. Uh, you know, and then like you know, you had all the Judd Apatow films like Euro without, Trip, Road Trip. Without Jackass, like I think that's another thing they influenced. It was like you could make movies where they're gonna make bank. 
with yeah, fucked right. up humor. Exactly. Like because that's the thing. Like Hollywood was always supposed to be this thing where it's like we're we're gonna make like oh you had Titanic or whatever in ninety nine ninety eight and then and then you know Jackass comes along and they're taking shits and piss and dick is out on TV <laughs> and people are and, it, and it's breaking box office records. You know, You're right? So yeah. I, it, it really did crazy. open the door for a lot of of different producers and and, and movies to to really break open and and display and full front dude humor and all that shit. Adrian, I know you said you're not a fan of these films, but with everything we just talked about, we've talked about this on the podcast before, like the things like Dave Chappelle and like cancel culture and everything. We need a film like this now more than ever because you don't get films like 40 year old virgin anymore because people are too worried to offend people. And Knocked this, up. And this is, Express, this is good. This is going to be a movie that comes out and it's just going to be filthy. And like, I, I want that for comedy. Like I, as somebody who wanted to be a stand up comedian, like I want, like, don't, don't censor things that make people laugh. So I think it's important. You can't have an opinion anymore without, is it going to be good? Probably, everyone. probably not. Like I said, I think it'll probably be the worst jackass, but it's something we need. Something, if you're if you're 29 to 39, you need this. And you appreciate comedy and things like those movies that came before it, Dave Chappelle and things that push buttons and push boundaries, like the things that we don't get much anymore in Hollywood. I think it's an important film. And I hope you go see it. Speaking of important films. All right. Hood, mu- hood movies. <laughs> Let's talk about the best hood movies of oh, all time. This is... This is hard. Oh, fucking Jackass. <laughs> Jackass is the best hood movie <laughs> ever with 3 Six Mafia. Well, just, the a, one. just to retort what James asked or what y'all asked me about Jackass. Yes, I was not re- necessarily a fan. Did I watch Jackass back in the day? Absolutely. Who didn't? Um, but yeah, I agree. I think it is something that we need. I mean, we haven't had a. a Nasty, disgusting, filthy, son of a bitch movie. Mm-hmm. Well, it's got like such a cult in, following. In, we need in, that following while, to come back. You know, and um, is it going to be terrible? Yes, of course it is. All the Jackass movies were terrible. You know, I mean, as far as highly entertaining, film Jackass, goes, yes. Jackass, the show was terrible. You know, was it entertaining? Yes. Um, it did what it was supposed to. It yeah. did what it was supposed to do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we'll see what happens. Will I go see it? No, but I, mean. I, I hope I hope it breaks box office records though, just to show that people want things like that. People still care, yes. and like I said, the cult Absolutely. following. People, I mean, people pe- are going to go see it. People don't want to be like censored. People don't want to be fucking so sensitive about shit. Well, like, it, we, the young generation needs a movie like this so they can get into it yeah. and understand what it is and what came before. And hope, it, that's exciting to have a new audience that's going to be receptive that, to it. That's the thing. Like, I hope people that aren't, like, 15 years old are like, oh, those guys are old. Like, that's stupid. That's that's dumb. I don't want to see something like that. That's that's what I'm afraid is going to happen. And and Adrian, Adrian see, having your opinion on it, like, I'm, I respect that because you never liked it, right? Well, okay, so back, back in those days, back in the early 2000s, I got introduced to Jackass by my brother, who also introduced me to wrestling, WWE. Oh, yeah. Which at the time, late 90s, early 2000s, you had the Attitude Era, which was like 
very sexual and very violent and like very the, the suck it. It did yeah, get vulgar suck it. after it was a while. Very yeah. vulgar. Sexual content. And Jackass was the same way and like when I was introduced to it at that age, which two thousand, two thousand one, I was barely two thousand one is when I became a freshman I at, at in high school at P D. And so at that age I was like you know, do I laugh at this or am I wrong for laughing right, at this? Right, right, like right, I was, right. I was one of those kids because, you know, growing up, you probably have morals and values with, yeah, especially <laughs> with, with, with the type of mother that I had, you know, doing things like that was wrong. Right, right, right. But I had also, you know, started getting into like violent movies and violent video games. Like I started watching, my mom was pissed at me because I watched Pulp Fiction for the first time, at, you know, when I was like fourteen, and all she heard she was she was in the kitchen and all she heard was fuck 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 every time motherfucker you know? yeah. <laughs> well, I was watching Pulp Fiction, so, but she was like, "Fuck it, I might as well let her introduce herself to this kind of shit because this is the real world," you know. And, uh, so I didn't, like, get in trouble or anything like that, you know, so I watched violent movies like Pulp Fiction and Natural Born Killers and probably shit that a 14-year-old shouldn't be fucking watching. But what what age did you start watching the Hood movies? Oh, man, I watched Boys in the Hood Everybody when I was, like, 10. the Hood movies <laughs> in the Hood. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you know, um... So, what's yeah. your favorite? Which so, yeah, one do you yeah, think has made the most impact? We're transitioning to, my for those that missed it, favorite best hood movie. My favorite hood movie of all time is Paid in Full. Okay, why? Uh, just because, again, I've, I'm, I'm, I love that whole East Coast gritty vibe and that's what paid in full really is you are you know, east it's, coast it's, it's, it's new person. york it's fucking harlem it's it's yeah and, and those and those three three characters that are in paid in full are based on real people for those of y'all that don't know paid in full is based on three real is it really yes it is so uh the the three people like if you, like you can Google Rich Porter right now, he was the man when it came to coke and crack in the in the, in the in New York back in the eighties, late eighties early nineties. This motherfucker was so rich, he never wore the same outfit twice. Really? Like that's and he had he had his own fucking parking garage with multiple different cars. Like he had he I mean this dude was the all three of those characters are based off of real people, real drug dealers. What is the name of the back dude? in the back in the eighties and, and early nineties uh during the basically the crack pack pandemic of New York City. That guy was in it, uh has that goddamn song, uh Hey Ma, what's up? Cameron. Yeah, he's yeah. In that. He played um, the actual the actual name of the real character is um, Alpo Alpar uh, or no Alpar Alpo Martinez, I believe. 
right? And then, and then I know Makai Pfeiffer is in that, and I can't remember who else is in that. Um, well, is the is the dude from uh, he's in um, uh, what's that football movie with Denzel? Um, remember the Titans. Remember the Titans, right? Turk from uh, uh, from uh, Scrubs, right? Yeah, so you had Wood uh, Harris. Donald, Wood Wood Harris is Donald the name Cameron. of the is the name of the actor, um, and he he plays he plays Az Faison, which is okay. the main main guy. It's about right. Is, is the is the is the true name of the guy? It's about. And then Mackay Pfeiffer plays Rich Porter, and then Cameron plays Alpo. Alpo Martinez. So all three of those are real characters, and that's why I I like Paid in Full is because it's actually based on a true story. Did the Alpo guy just recently get murdered? Uh, he's actually yeah, he did actually. No shit. And and like it was recently? it was right after he got out of witness protection. So like 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 this year type. Yes. Person? No shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he died on Halloween of this oh, year. So he like trained. He got killed. Snitch and then like what. He got killed um, on Halloween of this year on the morning. Uh, he was fatally shot in Harlem, New York, while seated in his 2017 Dodge Ram. Damn, they came for that motherfucker. Oh, yeah. I mean, because like I said, Rich Porter was very, very, was a very, yes, he was, I'm not going to say he was a good person. He was, because he was But that movie is like based on things that happened yes. in like the early 90s, right? Uh, late 80s, early 90s, yeah. yes. And so they finally so Rich just caught Porter, up to him. Rich Porter was a very loved person. Like, he, yes, he was a drug dealer, but the community, the Harlem community, respected him and had a lot of love for him. And Alpar Martinez, Alpo Martinez, who was supposed to be his partner in crime, supposed to, they, they met in prison, and they were supposed to be partners. And Alpo Martinez... Was the one who was the one who killed him, and so all 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 your OGs who were beloved follower followers of Rich Porter had it out for Alpo, and Didn't, like I said, he he was under witness protection wasn't for a long time. The dude like that like that Hove used to still sell crack from. He got his shit from this guy when Jay Z before he became famous when he was selling crack. I think he was selling from that. The dude's probably. like his supply chain was from that. Probably, probably a huge possibility. <laughs> the, the movie that this reminds me of, and I don't know why. Like they don't really have anything to do with, but I, I'm cur- like I think wasn't it based on True Story too? That's I guess you could consider this a hood movie. Uh, I, I love this movie. Uh, Dead Presidents. Did you ever see Dead Presidents? I did. I did. Wasn't that based on a true story too? Like they all come back from Vietnam and they want to rob a bank. I don't know if it's a true story. I'm I'm gonna look it up right now. I think it was. Um, I think it was legitimately. Here. I'm not familiar. That, I don't have you know. ever seen Dead Presidents? No. That that has Chris Tucker and then um the dude from uh um from uh Menace to Society. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyron Turner. Uh, yeah, he was in like uh, Rescue Me and yeah that the main guy the guy that was the thug the little Kane. shit yeah yeah. No, it's not. It's not based on a it's true story. Dead presidents no. isn't. No, it's a great movie. It it is a good movie. You though. should you should watch that. It like, is a good movie. It, it, so it's basically like uh, all these friends growing up in the in the '60s and '70s. Um, they end up going to Vietnam together. Mm-hmm. I think Cuba Gooding is it. Cuba is Cuba in that? No, who's in? No, it's Chris Tucker. It's um, Lorenz Tate. Lorenz Tate. That's he's the, he's the main character. That's not Kane, the other guy. Oh, dog. 
yes, character. That's Lorenz Tate. And uh, the guy that played Michael Imperioli, I think, is is the other the white guy. dude. Yeah. yeah. So they all go to Nam and they come back and they hatch this scheme to rob a bank, and then they do it, and some fucked up shit happens, and it's it's a good it movie. really focuses on the struggles of veterans from the Vietnam yeah. War mm. coming back. That's to especially coming, Chris. Coming home. I'm actually Chris Tucker's because a his lot of, acting in that movie is great. Yeah, because a lot of a lot of a lot of veterans that were in the Vietnam War when they came back, they were hooked on drugs because in Vietnam they were doing heroin and opiates and all kinds yeah. of other. shit. I was shit. watching. I was telling Joe I was watching uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, mm-hmm. and it's got a lot of that. The flashbacks of Vietnam in that time yeah. period and stuff, and the tributes to the drug use, you know, and things like that. That's such a fucked up movie. Dead, Dead Presidents. If you've never seen it, yeah, you can probably find it on any streaming service. It's it's really pretty, good. The last time I think I watched it, it was on Netflix. Yeah. Was it okay? Yeah. I'm gonna have to check it out. Yeah, Dead Presidents. I've full, heard of it. Paid in full. Definitely check it out. Like I said, and I want to. I want to rewatch that. I think I've only watched that yeah, once. It's based on it. a true story. It's it's really one of the only hood movies that I can think of off the top of my head that's based on a true story, and um, they they. They play it to a T. Like it's it's very factual. Would if you, you go back and consider watch it. American Gangster a hood movie? No. A mm. based on it's kind of based on loosely a true story. I wouldn't consider it a hood movie. I wouldn't necessarily consider it a hood because movie. Because right, to me, right. it was before on the edge. It's to not. me, I mean, yes, there were hoods back then in those times, but to me, when I think hood, I think South Central, like African American communities that are like in projects and things. Well, that's like where that. it is. Like in, it's in New York, right? It's based, but I, there's there's a certain like. I mean, that guy that that is based on had a, a certain upper echelon. Like, I mean, to me, yes, that character that that movie is based. He's the black Scarface, right? But I wouldn't consider that a hood film. That does have one of the most gangster scenes I've ever seen when he goes up and. And Denzel common and them are sitting in that coffee shop and Denzel gives that big whole speech about it's my favorite. It's one of my favorite films or scenes in any movie. And he's like, you always, you always, you know, you always, you, you respect people and people respect you. And then he gets up and he's like, excuse me. And he sees a guy that owes him fucking money. He's like, where's my money at? And he's like, Mm -hmm. Idris Elba. (laughs) Yeah, it is Idris Elba, isn't it? it Damn. And he's like, he's like, what you gonna do? Shoot me right here? And he just pulls out his gun, blows his yep. fucking head off. Yep, I'm gonna shoot him, you right here, bitch. And then goes back in and finishes goddamn breakfast. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Common yep. and everybody, they're just like, and and I think it's a uh, common and uh, Black Panther. Chadwick Boseman. I think yeah. it's Chadwick that's in that. At, at that it scene. might be. I've seen I've seen it a couple of times. And they're just like, remember. oh fuck. That 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 scene is one of the most gangster scenes I've ever. Yeah, seen. Yeah, I, I I would consider. American Gangster to be a crime film, but not necessarily yeah. a hood film. I think right. it's. I think American Gangster is up there with like Goodfellas and Pulp Fiction, or not Pulp Fiction, but a, uh, but a, uh, um, uh, like uh, Scarface, Scarface, yeah. And, yeah. and The Godfather. But I wouldn't consider a hood film. Yeah, uh, but it's got I, some hood I, elements in it, but it's not entirely. It's yeah. more, you know, the the, the yeah. drug scene, the true crime. crime. Yeah, I'm gonna need to go watch that again, though. I'm gonna have to go watch Peyton Full again. Like it's it's you, great. I've that watched it once, and I can't remember much. That is about abso- it. absolutely my favorite, and to me, there's there's not any that top it. I mean, did y'all ever me, see Belly? I've heard of it, and has I know, DMX I know, I know it's it? on Prime. I hadn't seen it. It's it has like a bunch of rappers in it, and it's about cocaine, 
and it's got like DMX and I know Mac, Nas. And I know Mac Miller mentions mentions it in one of his songs. Belly's Belly's not a bad bad movie. Um, me, there's so many good hood films that come before it, but I think the best hood film of all time because I think it's a film that that anybody from any race can watch. I think white people love it. I think black people love it. I think Hispanic people love it. And I think it, it stands the test of time. Is Friday? Friday to me is the best hood film. Just, just, and just. I know they're like if you want to get down to like cinema aspects, like just great movies. Like I think Juice is a better movie, like as far as cinema goes. But I think Friday is the most iconic. Like to me, it's it's the it's it's the, simplistic. It encapsulates. Yet impactful. Is, I, it, th- is it really? It's a real. Hood? Like, it, is it really a hood movie, or is it really just? A I would classify it as a hood movie. I think it's a hood comedy, and I yeah. think that's what's kind of cool is because Ice Cube did something that nobody had done yet, right? Like it, that came out like '94, in the height of like you know you know suburban hip hop and stuff like that, and 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 the thing gangster like, rap like just on the ass end of the 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 L.A. riots and things like that, and that happened in '93, and the Rodney King beating. And all that, like, it, it it was something that, like, okay, you're getting, like, okay, so we watched before you got over here, Adrian, we were watching uh, Don't Be a Minister Society While You're Drinking Your Juice <laughs> in South Central, <laughs> which is a funny movie. One of the best movies ever. But it's, it's, it's just a comedy, right? Right. But I don't know, man, like, Ice Cube. It's like a satire of different hood yeah. movies. The way he came, like, he's on the ass end of breaking up with N.W.A., and it's like I'm gonna make this film, and and uh, and and I, I I just I just love the elements of it's a comedy, like you said, but there's drama and the whole and there's a love story in there, and I think it's it to me it is the most grounded hood film because it's not just about some hood shit. Some hood shit happens, like if you grew up in the hood, which everybody here did, that's on this podcast, believe it or not. <laughs> if you grew up in the hood, you saw hood shit happen. With funny shit, oh yeah, happening at the same time. Always humor wrapped up into There's every situation. There's always, hum- especially growing up like on the north side of town in Redwood <laughs> and things like, like that would just be like just the things in that movie. There are some outlandish parts, like like Bernie Mac's character with with the the wife and the dude's a little guy, and like <laughs> it's super outlandish and funny. The preacher going but into the house. I think I think that's what real life is. You're gonna have drama love and like humor like i i love friday i think that is the best hood movie y'all could debate if you think it's a hood movie or not i think it is it is um i think 100 percent. but uh i that's that's the one i would pick there are there better hood films yeah like serious to the serious you know spectrum yeah, I mean, yes. you, you can think of juice and don't be a menace or, or excuse me menace to society and boys in the hood like those have to like I I you know people probably would pick Boys in the Hood like if you did a poll for the whole world yeah Boys in the Hood that's probably the most popular that would probably win but uh, I'd pick Friday man you you've mentioned this movie several times and I know what you're gonna pick it's it's number one in my mind you got the juice now boy <laughs> well I'm torn between juice oh, I'm Friday, torn between Friday, the Friday is considered a popular hood movie according to Google. <laughs> so is American American gangster. Okay. Oh, is it? Yes. Okay. Well, There's you know, Juice. I lo- Juice has a piece of me, right? Like that. That's a that's a film that I loved growing up. I love that movie. I love Tupac. He's he's my all time favorite musician, actor. You know, 
revolutionary figure. He's everything to me. Like he's one of those, like we had, we talked about this on the podcast before. What's one celebrity that you look up to and like you can connect with. And he's, he's my number one, right? It's a shame. We never got to see what he could do in his forties. Exactly. And 50s. That's, that's the biggest but shame. I, I think a movie that trumps that one is, is, is one that still stands the test of time that people can still connect to and, be, and, and it's still relevant. And menace that's to menace society. to society. You've got you've got Kane, you've got O Dog. They're the scene when it's they're in the movie. convenience store, like that shit still happens. Oh yeah. It's still prevalent in, in the inner city communities of every big city in America. Like that type of culture, that type of struggle is still a part of everybody's life that lives there in those communities. And and that that film embodies what it's like to live in those, in those neighborhoods. I think Menace to Society is a more realistic look and a better hood movie than Boys in the Hood. Like, I think it's yeah, more... Yeah, it's definitely more realistic. It's more raw. It's, it's more it's, gritty. It's, it's straight up in your face. Like, the Hughes brothers did did well with it. Like we even all, though they got the ass beat by Tupac, but that's another I said, <laughs> I said, I said, you know, we, we all grew up in the hood, but we don't know what it was like to grow up in that hood. Like, that's, that's yeah, scary we, we shit. Don't, we don't know what it's like to... You know, grow up and watch. You you better you better wear the right colors when you're walking down right. the street, type of shit. You like know? me and James probably couldn't exist in a time like that. Like growing up in a neighborhood that we grew up in in, in yeah, Amarillo, Texas, absolutely. in the '90s, we couldn't be who we were in South Central. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Right. And like the the scene where where they're in the convenience store, they're buying the malt liquor, and the Korean owners. They smart off. They're going back and forth. Hurry up! Hurry up! Buy your shit and get out. And he ends up shooting and killing the the the, the husband and wife. At that same time that the movie was released, the same situation happened, and it was a big deal. Oh yeah. And you know, like you said, like the the aftermath of the Rodney King situation, the L.A. riots, and things like that. Like this movie came out at a, at the right time for everyone to like really get a good picture of of who these characters are and, and they're real people and you got a, you got a microscope to see those communities through that movie. And that's why I think it's so impactful. Like it's still relevant today. It's still a classic. Even the young generation can watch it and still relate to it. And it still makes that, that long lasting impact after you watch it. This might sound kind of fucked up and I don't mean this to be that way when I say this, but like um, it's so crazy to sit here and talk about films like that from a time like that and we've been in a in a time over the last couple of years where a lot of racial injustice and things are being done and it feels like very a very like a weird time like climate i'm really surprised that we have not gotten like a 2020 hood film you know what i mean does that make sense like with everything that's going down on in the world mm -hmm. i'm surprised we there was one that came out but it was still based a long time ago there was like uh who was the uh, the british british dude that was uh in star wars uh and then um uh i think uh and then uh the bad guy from black panther what's his name michael b jordan yeah and then the 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 british dude uh you know what i'm talking did you ever see the new star wars John Boyega. Yeah. There's some movie that came out recently, but it I think it took place in the seventies and it was kind of like a like a like a hood film then, but like there we haven't had anything like that and I and I don't mean I think the most hoodish film that I've seen of late would probably be um Judas and the Black Messiah. I heard about that, um, I didn't see it. Oh, it's great. It's a good movie. Very good movie. 
uh, really highlights just how fucking corrupt the FBI is. Uh, or at least how corrupt the FBI was back in those days, back in the late 60s, early 70s. Um, you know, back in those days, if you were a black man with a voice, you were a target. So um, it really highlights that. And it's a great movie. Yeah, I need to I need to see that. I heard about that, but I didn't see it. But like, uh, but y'all know what I mean. Like, we haven't had like you would think. But here's the thing. Like, I'm worried about like somebody trying to make a hood film because of the things that go on today, and it just being too think, woke for its own good. You I, know what I mean? Like, I, where it's too PC. Right. Yeah, I think the reason why um, people don't make hood films anymore is because they don't want to. The they're hood, afraid of. The, they don't want to romanticize no. the gang life. I think what the it crime. is is just it's it's not new anymore. It's not new anymore. You don't it's, think they can make one that's good though? I'm not saying they can't make one that's good, but I but, don't think but, gangs are as popular as they used to be. Not like, necessarily. Like, ten, like not, it's, it's not, just, not, not, not black gangs. It's just no. not new anymore. Like being, uh, I don't know. You're a correctional officer. All the all the stuff that happens in the hood, like the things that you see in those hood movies, like take. Um, things like Training Day and Blood oh, and Blood yeah. Out, and American Me, Colors, and yeah, Colors. Like all that stuff is just not new anymore. Is Training like, Day a hood movie? Say what? Or is that a crime movie? I, would I think crime. I would say it's a hood it's movie. A, it's a mixture, I guess. But yeah, there's a lot of elements. It could be both. either or. I could I mean, see Training Day being more of a hood movie. I would consider that more of a hood movie than American Gangster. Yeah. I mean, I think I think either both of them could be either or. What I is mean, the climate like in a Texas penitentiary? Like, are, are Bloods and Crips pretty prevalent today? Like, no. what is the like the African American community no. in prison today? Is it is it? No, African American. I mean, you. Do you they probably, all stick together? You probably, once once I would you're say in your different jails you and probably, prisons, depending on where you are, California, I'm sure, yeah, is still high. We're in the Southwest, so I mean, black it, folks stick as, with black folks. As far as African American gangs, they're 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 at the bottom of the podium toll. Okay. You have your your. Is it more like race thing? Like whites stick with whites. Your Hispanic gangs are the ones that are more dominant. You have Mexican mafia, Texas Syndicate, Barrio Azteca, uh, Raza Unida. I mean those uh, Tango Blast. I mean those are your are your beasts of the gang, as you could say. Being in Texas. Those are the gangs that are going to have ties to, like, the Mexican cartels, which, where do drugs come from? Most of Mexico, most of the time. So, I mean, Bloods and Crips, we don't even seg those fu- motherfuckers anymore. Really? I would say we ge- don't even seg those geography dudes. matters, right? I, I mean, think I think in Southern California, it's still really prevalent um, and huge in different really, parts of the yeah, nation. Yeah, there's really no black gangs that, we don't, like I said, we don't even seg them anymore. The majority of the gangs that we seg are Hispanic. Hispanics. Which and would then, make sense because, like, And then like, you have um, Aryan Brotherhood and Aryan Circle who are both white, majority white. So, um, let me ask you this, like, in this, I'm not where we won't go too far off topic, but since we're talking about it, I'm curious, like, you know, growing up, you're, you're, you think of prison, you think of movies like Blood In, Blood Out, and, mm-hmm. and like, like, the whites stick with the whites, the Mexicans stick with the Mexicans, the blacks stick with the blacks. How is that's that not, in prison? That's not really how it, it are there, is. Are there black people and white people hanging Take, out just trying to? Try to survive. Because you know? take really blood in, blood out, and American Me, for example, the predominantly Mexican gangs team up and have an alliance with the white gangs oh, in shit. order to destroy the black gangs. 
I mean, it's all a race war. It, 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 so that's it, what I'm saying. Like, are black people just sticking with black folks in prison? Like, they for don't, the most they don't part, fuck with, like... I mean, for the most part. But, I mean, Bloods and Crips, they still can't stand each other. So, I mean, you're either blue or you're red. I mean, that's how it is. But, like, even, like, some Mexican gangs, like, say, say, Texas, uh, say Mexican Mafia, <laughs> excuse me, and Texas Syndicate, they don't necessarily get along because your Texas syndicate is mostly immigrant um, immigrant me- Mexicans. You know, they're f- actually from Mexico, uh-huh. you know, and that's and that's their big thing. Like Texas syndicate, their big money maker is human trafficking and and basically trying to get their the the illegals from Mexico into the U.S. Like that's their big money maker. Um Mexican mafia, you don't have to be full-blooded Mexican or even speak Spanish to be in that gang. But Texas Syndicate, if if you don't have ties to Mexico or you don't speak Spanish, you're not going to be a part of the Texas Syndicate, mm. you know. Um, and then Mexican mafia and Aryan Brotherhood, they have an alliance with it, with one another. That's fucking weird. You know? That's so um, crazy. So money talks. That's right. that's how it is. Money talks. And power too. And power, you know, it it is what it is. And um, I heard like it's it's like I mean, they kind of had This is a this is a movie that can be considered a hood film, but from an opposite perspective, I mean, I know Ameri- what you're about to say. American History <laughs> X. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's that's a that I would consider that a hood film from a different perspective. I, I would agree with that. And th- I and see, and that and, and hood I doesn't have to mean black exactly. And 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 like I was gonna say, I was poor I, people I agree dealing with, with struggles is what I consider a hood movie. There's right. just as many the disenfranchised. White, there's just as many yeah. white people living in poor neighborhoods, and there's just as many white people on welfare or who are giving getting some type of government benefits or things of that nature and are considered hood. But when people think of hood, they automatically think of black people black or hispanic people but yeah i mean like i think god damn dude the minorities what a what a film is american history x like that's that's one that that has stood the test of time that can always teach anyone who watches it a lesson 100 percent. like it doesn't matter how you grew up you always have the capacity to change and like the things that edward norton went through when he was in prison to like how he came out and the way he just like is so I hate to use the word soft, but how he was at the beginning of that film to how he is to like when his brother spoilers for a fucking 35 year old movie. <laughs> yeah. Spoilers when his, his, his brother dies at the end of that film. And it's just like, it's, it's a, uh, it just, it's like you said, man, like everybody has a, 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 a moment where it's like, you know what? None of this stupid shit matters. It doesn't. And we're all people at the end of the day. And like, I think, I've never, it's so weird, right? Like, I've never seen a movie so fucking racist be so fucking powerful for, uh, for, for, to, for unity. It's mm-hmm. so weird. Like, at, at this, I've never seen a movie be so fucked up and so, like, t- other, together. Uh, other, other than Schindler's List, yeah. Yeah. It's Which not a lot of people, like, it's so boring to watch Schindler's List. It's a great film. But uh, American so History X, it brings reality to the viewers. It brings people front and center to what's really yeah. happening and how people feel about one another and the problems that are that are occurring throughout the the 
I've never ex- lower socioeconomic communities. The scene in that movie, like it still makes me like if I were to watch it today, and maybe it's something to do with like the the flashbacks being all in black and white, something about it. I don't know, but like I've never. The most uncomfortable, one of the most uncomfortable scenes I'll ever watch in any film is when he curb stomps that dude. Yeah, like that, that scene's like it on it. It makes my teeth fucking hurt mm-hmm. because you're seeing his teeth scrape the concrete, and you're just like, it's so powerful and it's so fucked up. And when he turns and he's smiling and he's just like getting arrested, and it's just like, God, he has no damn. sympathy or empathy for what he just done. Not at all, man. And like it's so and that's like, it reality. Gives me chills and, to this day yeah. of how like. It's so uncomfortable, and and it's so like, and it's supposed to be right. It's yeah. supposed to make you feel that way. You're supposed to be like, this is the most racist piece of shit that's ever been created. And they do that on purpose so that you you hate the guy in the beginning, but then you love him at the end because of how he changes his views and his opinions towards the end. And I think that that's what makes it such My a great. My only complaint with that movie. Is of course it's so predictable and so like I wish they would have had somebody like an Idris Elba like not because that movie's so fucking serious the whole time. Why did they feel the need to put comic relief in it with that one dude's character? Uh, is it most deaf? Is that most? Deaf? No, no, it wasn't most deaf. I don't, I don't know what the actor's name is. But you know what but... I'm talking about? Like, like that whole film is so like from start to finish. It's such an emo- emotional roller coaster. The the comedic it, it does fit that like I you would you would think of course it's gonna be this dude that's just funny and is like whatever man I'm black I'm here you're white whatever fold these fucking towels I don't give a shit yeah his cellmate right well no they're not cellmates but it, they're they, like they were coworkers jobs that, yeah, yeah it was that's right. job. I I get why they did it and it does help it a little bit but I wish I don't know like would y'all have rather have seen that character be someone more serious or no. did the co- comedy I think it help was perfect. It? I think it was perfect because that's probably how it would have went. Because yeah, it's, on, it's re- on, it goes back to reality when he puts the fucking sheet on him, like he's acting like, "Yep, yeah. <laughs> he's just like acting <laughs> like a retarded white dude talking about the KKK." Like, like it's just it's just it's, human nature, human behavior. It's it's because yeah. when when he does that, Edward Norton's character starts laughing. He does, yeah, you're right, and like so that kind of brings light to that character You're right. and then light to the movie. If it would have been some tough black dude, you because wouldn't have got it, that moment. Maybe exactly, he wouldn't have changed. Because people, if it, if it would have been serious the whole time, I guarantee you people probably would have been walking out of the theater. I also... Know? and lo- So it, it changes perspectives. You get different perspectives and from each character. And, and like I said, if it, if it wasn't for a, that little bit of comic relief... People, like I said, people will probably would have been leaving that theater. I also like that. You're right, you know, yeah. And and I think the other, point. Uh, the other thing that changed, not just that character, but another char- moment that changed Edward Norton in that film was he got raped by a white guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like, if that would have been a black dude or a Mexican dude, you, you it, it wouldn't work for that film. Like, it had to have been a white Aryan dude that was like, you know. And that happens. And that happens. Yeah. It's it, uh, Again, a lot of people just assume it's, you know... Um, you know the the black inmates raping the white inmates, but that's not always the case. I mean, uh, and that's how that film starts, right? Right, the whites are sticking with the whites in prison. The blacks are with the blacks, and the Mexicans are with the. And Mexicans. Felice Johnson can get it any way he wants. <laughs> so I like booty. <laughs> I like booty. Booty's more important than water, man. <laughs> so, what are some honorable mentions? Like you know, I I would put 
American history. I would say Colors there. with a gang related. That's that old honorable movie, mentions right? of of uh, hood movies. of hood movies. Um, and of course, boy, Boys in the Hood. It's up there. We don't need to go deep into that one, but no, that's the most. It is. I really, I, I really do. I really do love Blood In, Blood Out. That's a good movie. That's a good movie. Hey, white Um, bitch, give me some choncho. (laughs) (laughs) Would you consider like Scarface a hood movie? No, I think that's. Um, I think. I think it. It appeals to the hood. I would. Yeah, yeah, it appeals to the hood. I I think it did more for rap than. I, I would consider that more of a rags to riches type movie. Movie. Um, yeah, that's not a hood film, right? But I think I think Scarface is an important. I film mean, if you're, for, in, if I think you're, it's important. I think it's important for the gangster if rap. You're, if you're in Cuba, or I think it's know, a huge yeah, influence yeah, to hood movies. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, yeah, absolutely. there's some probably uh, one of our one of our listeners in Cuba right now probably thinks it's a hood movie. He's like, hey. <laughs> yeah, that's as hood as you can get right there. <laughs> Tony Montana, uh, <laughs> Italian guy. <laughs> I love the Italian movies. I think they're all fucking hood. Fuck yeah! Oh, dude, Good like fellas. I mean, Goodfellas is my favorite. Film I mean, of all time. they're as ruthless and cutthroat as you can get when it comes to just a group of people, and that's what you categorize. Ho- I mean, dude, games. what what are they're you? What are, I mean, I, to me, you have hood movies, and then you have gangster films. Yeah, right. I agree with and that. And to me, like Goodfellas, Goodfellas it would be a movie. gangster movie with hood elements, but it's mostly gangster. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Eight Mile is a hood movie. It's yeah. rags to riches. It's yeah. not about a black guy, mm-hmm. but it's it's about the like you like you said the disenfranchised. Um, so like I would I would consider Scarface above the rim. More of would a you consider that movie. a hood movie? Yeah. White man I can't would. jump. White man can't jump. Um, gridlock, gridlock. You're just naming two yeah. movies now. <laughs> yeah. uh, I would say poetic justice in a way. You know, uh, po- poetic justice. Is a higher, learning. Uh, <laughs> higher what, learning. What is a uh, stand and deliver? <laughs> there you go. Yes, that is a hood movie. It is. That yeah. is a hood movie. Uh, what's the Keanu Reeves movie with the baseball players? Uh, that's a ball. That's a hood. No, hardball. Hardball. Hard that's, that's a hood a-ball. movie. <laughs> that's a hood movie. That's that right there. That might be my favorite Keanu Reeves film. Like he, that film is so damn good. And like, if you want to, have you showed that to your kids yet? No, you we, should, we watched man. Stand and Deliver at school before. You should. Sh- <laughs> we Which, have. Of course, bad every, teacher. Every school, they always, every school shows Stand and Deliver. But there's certain stuff, you know, you can't show. You got to show them Hardball, man. That's yeah. a damn good movie. That is a good movie. I forgot about that one. Uh, what else um, would be a hood movie? Well, I, I love Hardball. Damn, that's a good movie. Um, what was the one with The Rock with the football players? It was so shitty. Oh, uh, Longest Yard? No. <laughs> Gr- Gridiron Gang. Gridiron, Gridiron Gang. Gangs. That's a hood movie. Um, I fucking love Blood and Blood Out, man. I'm going to go watch that tonight. Actually. Straight out of Compton. Yeah, but th- that's... That's a newer one. Is it a hood movie? Yeah. yeah, I would yeah. call that hood. That's Baby a, boy. That's that's a damn <laughs> fuck. That's the worst <laughs> fucking movie. God damn. Oh, hey, but it's funny as fuck. Whenever Ving Rhames is fucking butt ass naked cooking breakfast, he's like, "Get rich or die trying." <laughs> the Fifty Cent one. Oh, I never God. finished that. I never watched it. I've started it and I just couldn't. New Jack City. Harlem Nights. Harlem Nights. Oh, yeah. Harlem Nights is a hood. And New Jack City. Yes, New Jack City. Chris Rock with all that fucking, his white ass lips. <laughs> I suck your dick. <laughs> Wasn't that the, that was the first time that line was ever said, right? Now, here's a new. Uh, Wasn't it Pookie that said that shit? 
I'll suck your dick. Pookie. Come on, man. I'll suck your that dick. Menace to society. No, 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 no. It happened in. It I'm pretty sure he said something about Jack. sucking dick. It was New Jack City. Yeah. yeah. It was Pookie. They said that shit first. We'll have to go back and research that. Come That's on, a good man. thing to Come research. Come on, man. I'll suck your dick. That I mean, was Pookie. All Eyes on Me, Notorious. Those are. Yeah, but I don't know. Those like are in those, the same genre. Those are biopics, man. Like the same thing with the uh, the NWA one that you it's said inspired. Earlier. I mean, it, gangster rap is hood, Whatever. and that's what they're inspired by. Okay, so. so what are some things we would consider? I would consider Black Stank Moan a hood movie. Uh, dope. You remember Dope? Oh yeah, I love that movie. I would that's put that in the genre. I, w- I don't. I wouldn't say it's like hardcore hood, but it's. It's what, in there. Is Black Snake Moan a hood movie? I would say Dope is more of like a coming of age film, but yeah, it's definitely got some hood elements, that's for sure. Okay, how about this then? Hustle Bro. and Flow. That's that's <laughs> a that's a hood movie? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a damn that's, good that's not that's a bad probably, movie. That's either. probably the hoodest movie. <laughs> damn. <laughs> Whoop that trick. <laughs> uh, how about this real quick? Since I said Black Snake Moan, it, that's not a hood movie. I don't know why I said that. But he did just turn 73. Mm. What's your favorite Sam Jackson film? Oh, my God. Pulp Fiction, hands down. Yeah, I think so. Like, that character is just... Jules Winfield. Yeah. Jurassic Park. <laughs> Jurassic Park. <laughs> when oh, he got that man. cigarette in his mouth and the ash is, like, that long. Black Snake Moan is good. <laughs> I do love that movie. Uh, I'm trying to think of other movies. The, that he, the other one. He's been in so many. The other Tarantino movie. The Western. I can't think of the name. But Kurt Russell. The Big Five? No. Hateful Eight. Hateful Eight. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I liked him better in Django when he was playing that, that, that house <laughs> he nigga. Was, he was so funny <laughs> in that movie, man. What's he doing up on that horse? <laughs> uh, no, I, I Hateful Eight. He Who's was so that good nigga him. up on that nag? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, daddy, roll over in his grave. Hateful Eight, a lot of people, do, they don't like that. As as a Tarantino, like they think that is a, down there is one of his worst. I love if, that. If movie. you're a real Tarantino fan, then you respect the dialogue, dude. And, and that's what that's what the Hateful Eight mostly is is a lot of dialogue. And I I'm a sucker I for mean, spaghetti westerns, and that's that's, that's as spaghetti as you can get. Yeah, I don't think is it's definitely not one of my favorites of Tarantino's. I I like it. Um, it's top three for me. I love it. Nah, what about I Shaft? I probably wouldn't even put it in my top five. I did you see the new one? That he did, like he did Shaft in like 2005, and then made the new Shaft, what they just called Shaft again, but it was a sequel with his son. I mean, I took my mom to see that, and we love that movie. That was a damn good movie. You know, a movie that I really liked was Coach Carter. That's a. I would consider that a hood movie. I'd say Coach yeah. Carter is a hood movie. Um, he just, a, he can play movie. so many different roles. It's crazy. But he, he can play so many different roles and still be the same in Sam Jackson's words. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> exactly. Like, I love that dude, man. Like Timeless, for sure. Ah, oh, man, he's he's so good. And like, uh, and, like, I'm not crazy on, like, a lot of the Marvel movies. But, man, you couldn't have picked a better person to play Nick Fury. Like, that's yeah. – that if you, if you knew Nick Fury from the comic books, like, it had to have been Sam Jackson. It's so good. And snakes on a plane. I'm sick and tired of these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. <laughs> um, Damn, man. We went over two hours. Well, I think, you know, to, to, does anybody have anything else to add to this podcast? I didn't think we were going to talk about hood films that much. <laughs> hey, man, Why wouldn't a, you? That's a lengthy conversation right there. I think you got to have it. To end this, uh, 
we just need to let this ride um, to celebrate his 73rd birthday. Uh, every motherfucker <laughs> by Sam Jackson. We're just going to end it with that. How about we say our favorite Sam Jackson quote from a movie? Motherfucker. <laughs> That's mine. Uh, you got to go with that. Hold on to your butts. I say that a lot from Jurassic Park. This was, what was this, James? Episode 70? 70. Milestone episode. Yeah. We thought 69 was special, but this one's been a gem. Yeah, we're, we're, we're getting close to episode 100. I am Joseph. I'm James. I'm Adrian. And we will see you next week before 2021 is over. Here is every Sam Jackson motherfucker ever. We only in 2008, folks. Buckle up, baby. Let's go, motherfucker. I don't have x-ray vision, motherfucker. 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 You thought I stole that. I told you this motherfucker was klepto. Motherfucker. Motherfucker. All kinds of motherfuckers. Motherfucker. Motherfucker. Ah, you motherfucker. These motherfuckers don't do shit, motherfucker. Motherfucker. Oh, motherfucker. Booger eating, piss drinking, motherfucker. God damn you, motherfucker. No fucking motherfucker. This motherfucker. And they forgot. TikTok, motherfucker. Peace.